many, many, many people listening to us have a ton of interest in it. All right. Right? I would gather, I would bet most people that listen to this program every day were excited that Tool was releasing new music uh, yesterday. Now, I should tell you, Fantone, not a Tool fan. I, I, I saw this yesterday, but I'm so much not of a fan, I already kind of forgot about it. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, what, what, what is so interesting that I'm not interested in? But you're 100% right. I am not interested in a new, a new Tool song, album, tour, any of that. You're not really into it. Not in. Now, see, I love this band. I love this band. This is actually going back. This isn't the new one. This is Vicarious, which is amazing. But I really like them. Now, I can acknowledge that, like, talent. Certainly, like, proficient musicians that know what they're doing and, like, yes, talented. But when it comes down to it, just not my sound, never has been. I've heard all the songs. I've heard the, no, well, dude, if you hear this one, no, try it out this way. Dude, if you try it animal style, you're going to love it. And, and, you know, they are kind of, they are the in and out of rock. I just can't, I just can't get into them. I've, I've, I've done everything. I've, I've pre-showed. I've post-showed. I've, I've tried to make it like, well, dude, no, just smoke this and listen to this. And Tool just has never, and as far as I know, will never do it for me. Well, this is the new one. Okay. Man, this rocks! And, uh, here's the thing. Yeah? If you don't like this band... This is not the song that's going to be like, you know what? I've been oh. wrong on Tool. Oh. Now, see, we are, we're at opposite ends of the spectrum here. I really do think Enema is probably one of the best records from that year. Like, that, I love that record. I lo- so when he put it on the streaming server, when we could finally get it on iHeartRadio, like last week, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, dude, like, I want this stuff for the gym. These are the only CDs I've had in my car for a decade. Yeah, and kind of a... I don't know. It felt weird when they decided to come over to streaming. Well, you know um, what he was doing. He, wa- he wants everybody paying attention to this record. Right. And just felt very like, well, dude, that the whole, to me, the whole mystique, the whole draw of Tool is that, like, well, we're weird and we do what we want. And we're not, you know, we're not doing it for that. And, like, it's, it's the integrity of the art, it seems like, to, to, at least to me. Yeah, but a perfect circle streams. So, right. Pussifer streams. So, so like, like, I don't, I, I never understood the separation between the two. For them, for them to put this, hey, we're not going to stream because we're artists and we're cool and we're different. And then when you have a new album come out, then you're like, oh, well, you know what? We'll release everything on streaming. It just felt very like, well, then what? What was, what was all this for, dude? I, I hear that. I do. But there's a little Taylor Swift in here because I think he knows people will buy his records. And so, like, I think he kept all that old stuff off to, for people to continue, you know what I mean, for the cat. But not. But if you're going to put the new one out on it. Right. And Taylor Swift did the same thing, though. You know what I mean? She's well, she sold, she sold six million records and then put it out. So, so it, just, it just very much to me just feels like. I don't know. I don't know how many it actually was. I you're was drawing to, these lines in the sand and then you're not even obeying them. So it's like, well. I, I, no, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I've always been like, well, dude, if you're going to put a. You're Maynard. You're at the head of all three of these projects, so why are you? Why are, why is a perfect circle? I'm allowed to stream Stranger in Blue and all. I'm allowed to do all that, but like you kept Tool away from me. I don't get it. I, I I did never understand that. Now I like all his projects. I'm a I like a perfect circle. I like Pussifer. I like I Tool. Like any of them. I like all this stuff, but this song is ten minutes, and we have the radio edit. It's ten minutes and six seconds long. I think it's like 10 minutes and like 25 seconds long total. Something like that. 
It's ten and a half minutes long. And I said yesterday, I'm like, how does Tool make ten minute songs? They don't start them until they're five minutes in. Like, literally, dude, we've been playing this for like three minutes. This is this song. This is the release. We've been playing this like three minutes and nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. And I love this band, but there was a little bit yesterday I was like, well, if this is what you're giving me for the hook, because the album doesn't come out until the 30th. We didn't get the album yesterday. We got the song yesterday. The album comes out on the 30th. And so I kind of went on Facebook and I was like, look, I don't really get it. I think it's a little overrated and, uh, you know, I- I'm less excited for the record. And I'm, I- I'm-, I'm paraphrasing my own self here. I was, was more knocking it for how long it is. People are like, you know, they're always long. And they are. Like, Vicarious is like seven minutes long, but it's really good. <laughs> and like, you know, um, Schism's like six and a half minutes long, but it's good. Like, that's what this, when he starts to get into this, it almost feels like warmed over tool. And that, I was like, well... I'm not interested in that. So then my buddy, Wayne, who's in a band, and you know musicians, they, they take up for Tool because they're a musician's band. You right. know what I mean? Oh, you musicians, only, musicians. And I think Fantone's got the best analogy for Tool ever. He says, dude, they're your generation's rush. And it's like, that's the best analogy for this band I've ever heard. And so my buddy, Wayne, drummer, and Danny Carey, who drums for Tool, is I think one of the best drummers in the game. I get, you know, he, po- he posted this thing to me. It was like, I guess Maynard saying, you'll like it more when we release it as full art. It's supposed to be consumed that way and the whole thing. And it's like, well, Dick, you released it. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, then if I'm going to like it better when, when you give it all to me, then the guy in charge of giving it to me, then give it all to me. Well, and, and I understand, like... Still, by the way, nothing has happened yet. We're five minutes in, nothing has happened in this song yet. Some things are consumed better as a full, you know, product as opposed to, like, a snippet. The wall was but meant bro, to be pursued. Bro, we're talking about a ten-minute snippet right now. So, like, you have your opportunity to make some sort of a case. You, you, you can't be like, well, dude, you give me... Okay, so you don't like ten minutes of it, but you give me an hour and a half of it. Now you're going to be in on that? Mm, okay. <laughs> Also, okay. dude, what decade are you in? Come on. You know how many things I have shifted, changed, and moved around in the presentation of what I do that would not be my preference, but I understand who's listening now and who they are and what they... And by the way, all of this stuff is for them. This tool record, it's for me, you douche, Maynard. This tool record ain't for you. It's for me. So, like, I, don't give me this artistry stuff. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's I, commerce. I don't want to hear art. I don't want to hear it. When, when it when it comes down to it, yeah, I, I understand the point of like, well, we're going to make what we want to make, and you know, the fans be damned. But this record was kind of fan demand, right? This was kind of like. So I watched him on Joe Rogan because people were like, "Do you need to watch that episode?" And he's been on like six times, so you got to like be careful which one you're watching. Right. But I did. I found the last time he was on, and he literally says, "I'm just happy it's over." Guys, let me tell you, that's how I talk about NCX. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not a passion project. It was like, get me the hell out of here. And so, like, I feel like there's a little bit of that where he was like, look, dude, these idiots won't shut up about this, and I just want to make wine, so I got to make dudes shut up. And, like, they still think, oh, Tool, it's penis. And, like, look, the wrench has balls on it. And, like, that's his audience, bro. And so, like, he's like, I need these morons to shut up and stop talking to me about this. Here's your goddamn record. And... I guess when it comes down to it, like... By the way, still nothing has happened in this year. Yeah, we are still just... I mean, nothing has happened. Not a thing has happened. And and some some trancy-sounding guitars. Um, But I understand that 
you want to stay true to what got you to where you are. That's a that's something that it's a balancing act. Doesn't like where he is. It's a balancing act between like evolving with the times and staying true to what you are and what brought you to where you the heights that you got to. So I understand, like, all right, this is going to be. It's not. It's not. It's not like Tool was going to come out with like a pop rock record. You know what no. I mean? Like they, they're going to be who they're going to sure. be. Um, yeah, they're not going to sound like Van Halen today, but right? At least, but at least, at least a stronger representation right out of the gate. But but that's not what Tool is. Tool isn't a strong representation, a, a palatable like here's a single. That's not who they are. I think their success, even in their singles, came in spite of what they did. As a, you know what I mean? Like that's. Uh, well, he was never trying to make a hit record. Yeah. No, you're not wrong there. Okay, but even that. He knew sober was better than the rest of Undertow. Okay, okay, he you did. Know, you know what the strongest? He knew Schism are. was the best. Was the, was yeah. better than the rest of Lateralis. He knew that. So, like, I mean, come on. I feel like there's almost. I feel like almost this. You idiots begged me for this record for a decade plus. You wouldn't shut up about it. I'm always going to troll you by putting out something that shouldn't even be on the record. Like that's who Maynard is. The guy stood backwards and sang to the audience for ten years. He wouldn't even face you. Like I, so I think that there's a huge amount of trolling. I think in this, and I think he's watching this, going, "Look at Tool fans. No matter what I do, they think it's great." In a world of like pretentious behavior, he is something else. Like he really oh, is, bro. Like, wow, bro, like, it's awful. I forgot about the standing backwards thing, but you're right. He did do that for like forever. Wasn't forever, that, like his whole like forever the whole point. Like, well, he's got light sensitivity. Like, I guess like the lights and stuff of shows like it kind of freaks out, and he knows I need it for for the show for you to watch. And so like he kind of angles himself. And I remember we had a spotlight for one of the other radio stations I worked at with the logo, big mullet bird, and uh, we used to point it at like the end of buildings after shows and stuff down at Tower City Amphitheater and all that kind of stuff. And I remember my programmer was like, dude, I want you to shine that thing right in Maynard's face. Jeez. He's like, I was like, dude, we're going to make him. Ma- dude, he's going to end the show. He goes, I swear to God, dude, if your show makes Maynard leave the goddamn stage, I swear to God, I'm giving you a raise tomorrow. And I was like, wait a minute. I work in an industry where I'm supposed to piss off the bands we play? Like, what? And I was like, this this job's amazing, right? And we did try to do it, but we, <laughs> so I never got my raise. But, like, because that's who he was, like, who he is. Like, I, I think he's, I think this is, I honestly, I think it's 10 minutes of trolling. What do I have to do to Maynard to get that raise today? You tell me, dog, right. your boy is ready. Right. Right. Dude, I'll go punch Maynard. I don't care. You have to listen to the rest of the record. <laughs> you down to do that? Are you, are, are you ready? Are you It's not. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. When your way out to Las Vegas, 910, your first keyword of the day. Send you out there. I mean, a couple of killer nights of shows. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. They, management was nice enough to give me the list. Let's take a look. Management. Cage the Elephant, Hart, Tim McGraw, Zach Brown Band, Def Leppard, Chance the Rapper, Marshmallow, Halsey, French Montana. God, geez, this thing's loaded down. Star studded. Hootie and the Blowfish. There they are. They're playing, too. They're going to hold your hand. Yeah, they might hold your hand. 9-10 will give you the first keyword of the day. All right. It's football season, man. Yeah, it is. It's football season, and I I know I'm supposed to be excited. Okay. I know I am. But But, in like 34 days, I'm going to be sitting in here in a goddamn parka, and so I'm not excited. Full disclosure, a little bit. I ordered those golf clubs. We're a week late today. 
I was told two weeks. Today's Thursday. This will be the third week. Jeez. And I'm beyond mad. Okay. I had to call the club manufacturer Monday, and that woman on the phone sounded like, oh, God, yeah, we forgot to put those together. Sorry. Oops. We're going to do it right now, and then we'll send them. No, I ordered those. It's no big deal. They're going to be here soon. Yeah. No, it, it, it sounded like, oh, God, those forgot to get put on the truck. Our bad. Uh, yeah, our bad. So, like, I'm, I feel like, oh, God, now it's going to start to get cold, and I'm not going to be able to do the thing I like, right? But I understand people are, you know, football pumped, and we should be. We really should be. It seems as if a lot of people feel like this is a Super Bowl roster. And I don't mean like Brown's Twitter now. I'm saying, dude, sports media people are starting to say there are dudes everywhere. Um, I, I forget who it was, but I was listening to somebody yesterday on television who said, I was at Brown's camp two days ago. The swag's real. They believe it. And the guy was asked, does Freddie Kitchens have control of camp? The answer, yes. It's, I, the quote was, it is Freddie's camp. He is running the show. And I was like, okay, all right, so this is what I was hesitant on. It wasn't the roster. It wasn't OBJ. It was none of that. It was a rookie head coach being in control of the Ferrari of the roster. That was my concern. If we're hearing it's his camp, he has control, dudes are listening, and he's got his messaging out. Okay, I, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it. Um, it was a day or two ago when he was talking about, you know, Freddie Kitchens was talking about, I think it was the Bob Wiley thing. And yep. one of the things that he talked about in there that I really liked was if if there's leaks in this building, someone's getting fired. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because that is the one thing that did not play well nationally. I like that too. And I thought a lot of people here locally did too. But like a lot of the national sports guys were like, that's a rookie head coach mistake. You don't do that. Seasoned coaches kind of understand how the system works, and you're never going to be able to keep this many people quiet, and you kind of know that. And you have to have like the self-confidence and the, to, to know, like, okay, people are going to talk. That's fine. I'm in control. I'll run the show. Um, the thing I, the thing Two I'll, ways to look at it. Yeah, and the thing I'll say about that, though, is that I think that y- you can you – can, know that to be a fact as a head coach, but you still need to put the message out that like if this is happening, it's unacceptable. You have to at least give the impression that like the law is being upheld, right? right? Like, here in this building, there are things we can and cannot do. Some we can kind of come and go when we please, right? And there are other people in the building who don't have that that luxury. Right. And so sometimes they will voice that displeasure about the fact that we do have it to people who we all work for. And so sometimes like the boss man will be like, you know, dude, kind of help me out on that. Don't do that. Right? You do kind of have to remind people who's who. And like, dude, show me a little bit of respect here so I can keep this off my plate. I right. think that's all Freddie's saying. Like, look, I need everybody accountable to me. So you're not doing this and you're not going to do that and you're not going to, right? And it's, it, it comes with it. I, I didn't necessarily hate that because I was like, well, he's trying if he didn't say anything, people would be like, man, he's not taking a firm enough line. Weakling. Right. He's just, he, he's a doormat. So, like, he gave you the anti doormat. And I want to be critical, but not when he's doing stuff I like. No, I'd rather you err on the side of strength. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes. Yep. You're going to make mistakes. You can, you know what I mean? You can get looser as a parent. You can't let him, you know what I mean, do heroin at breakfast and then, you know, dinner table be like, put that cocaine away. You, it doesn't, that, that <laughs> it, make any sense. it's not going to, it's that not, it's not going to work sense. that way. You know what I mean? You can loosen up. You can't get tougher. And so if he's coming out of the gate tougher and then planning to loosen, I, I'm, I'm all for that. I don't, dude, the preseason is such a waste, though. It is such a waste. And I think they need to rethink the whole thing. Okay. 
what, what am I getting starters ever for? What am I ever getting them for? Baker Mayfield should never be in a preseason football game for the rest of his career. You know he's the kid. You know he is. Breaking rookie touchdown records. He's got, dude, he's got the swag. He's got the, you know, people are like, dude, he's got the leadership ability, the intangibles we know he has. He's worked with Odell already. He's got another camp. Like, you're risking injury over games that don't matter. It's, uh, to me, it, it makes no, I wouldn't put Odell out there either. I wouldn't. He's injury prone for Christ's sake. There's no argument to, yes, the intangibles you all have, but the actual tangibles are what you need to work on, and that's why you need to be a part of these preseason games. All right. You know, the scrimmage isn't necessarily able to give us the same intensity that a preseason game is, which I know isn't the same intensity that a regular season game game is. But at the same time, like... Especially as as Baker and yes is definitively one hundred percent the, the guy. quarterback of today and tomorrow for the Cleveland Browns. No, the guy, no debate about that. But that being said, has still only played nine football games in okay. his career, right? Yeah, but this isn't a football game, right? But it's as close as we can get you right now. Like okay. it's it's not it's not it's, it's it, if the argument there as well doing nothing is better. I guess you can make that, but at the same time, I think that as somebody. As somebody who's still, like I said, essentially in their rookie season, at least by amount of games played, there's got to be at least some level of like, well, dude, the game's still too, going past you too quick. The game's still beyond your reach. You didn't. You're not an NFL like you know savant nine games into your career. So like, we got to get you more minutes in the closest, you know, in the closest environment we can to to the NFL experience. The tough thing is that. There's not like no argument in what you're saying. There's plenty of argument in what you're saying. So it's, it, yeah, it, but I just think when you know you have the guy and the risk is, I mean, it's injury. I mean, Nick Bosa, I mean, it was, one of the Bosa's already got hurt. Like it, it's, you gotta, you gotta be careful here because here's what everybody thinks they're gonna be really good, right? They, I'm told locally will yeah. win the division easily going away is easily. what I'm, easily is what I'm told, right? You think that's true if it's not Baker Mayfield under center? That's why Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't really matter. This is what I'm always trying to say. Like, guys, wide receivers don't even matter a lick, not even a little. If, if, if you take Baker out of that lineup, you can have Odell. What do you do? You're not going to win. You aren't. It's a quarterback-driven league. And so what are we doing? We wait 25 years for this kid, and we don't, and we don't upgrade the offensive line in the offseason. We go get every other position we need. We don't upgrade the offensive line, and you're going to roll them out there? I'm sorry, man. I don't. I don't get it. Now, I'm not just saying this for the Browns. We got the Redskins coming to town. I don't put Haskins out there. What are you nuts? Are you nuts? I wonder. I wonder what the overall these are thirty million dollar dudes. I wonder what the <laughs> overall injury rate is during the preseason. How many times you know? It, Quarterbacks, I guess since we're really talking about quarterbacks. That's what we're here. talking about. Yeah, how many times quarterbacks have a season-ending or at least a season-altering injury within there? Versus, if you don't play, you don't practice. I would like to see what that number is in the first four weeks of the preseason versus, okay, we sat the guy the entire preseason, and you come out week one. In that first four weeks of the regular season, how many of those types of injuries happen to quarterbacks? You know what I mean? I would like to see what that comparison is because I think there's at least a little bit of argument. There might be something A little bit of argument, too, that, like, if we throw you out there with no preseason and you're just going from scrimmage into live football, these dudes are genuinely trying to like destroy you. 
are you a step slower? Are you a step off? Is there something that causes you to, you know, I don't want to say play scared because that's, I mean, we're talking about NFL football players. We're not talking about seventh graders. Right. But that concept there. Differently. You know, right, that's the if, word. If, if, you, if you play a, a step slower. They say if so, that's when you get hurt a ton. Right. So, like, with that being said, I wonder what the risk versus reward there is of, of hey, we got you some reps and, we, you, you know, you're at least, like, fluid and warmed up before we go into this. Or is it, it might be best just to be like, no, dude, these guys are professional athletes that know how to conduct themselves in a game, and they're ready to go week one without the walkthrough of the preseason. I mean, does USC play four preseason games? They don't. Does Ohio State? They don't. They just get out there and say, hey, dude, school's back in session. Put on your helmet. Go play. But college football sucks in the first couple of weeks, and they're playing Akron, right? You're right. Right. No, the scheduling in the first part of the college football season is is bad. It is essentially the preseason, right? That's a good argument against what I... What I just said, that would have been a good out for us. <laughs> yeah. No, but if, if I'm the teams, I, I want to I transition into not using my starters anyway. If you start looking around the league, certain positions are different. Like running back right now. Right. Running back by committee is the thing in the NFL. So if I'm the team, I want to play my second, third, fourth string. I want to find out who my future studs are. So when I go into negotiation contract, I'm be like, dude, what are you talking about? That guy waiting behind you is amazing. Yeah, I read something, I don't know, maybe it was a week ago, and it talked about why the preseason mattered. And I read it with the intentions of rolling my eyes at it. Oh, but, no, it but, but the overall point was that, like, Depth is so important in the NFL. For sure deciding on who makes the 52 versus the 90-man roster is a, is a world of difference on, like, is your team going to be a true contender or just a team with a lot of potential? This is why New England's good. And, like, and like there was there was a little bit of me as I was reading it. I was like, well, damn, dude. Like, this is far more important than, than what I think a lot of people give it credit for. Not just – not that I'm like, hey, the Browns have to win tonight or it's all for not, but well, there no. is value to it. They went 4-0. Oh, the, the one preseason, and isn't that the year they lost every game? Every single game. Every single, every single, game. every single game. So what am I watching this tonight for? I, I literally, this is what I always say about this sport, right? Watching this game tonight isn't dedication; it's desperation. It just shows you we are addicted to football. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Nine ten is when you get sent out to Las Vegas. Well, not sent. You'll win then. It's not like we teleport you to Vegas no. at 9.10 in the morning. That's not what happens. But iHeart does not have a teleporter. That not yet. Well, you don't know that. No, we do not. <laughs> Why are you out there? Why are you putting your name next to things you can't prove? Bobby Bones and Seacrest just teleporting fools everywhere. Stansbury and Fantone. Bobby Bones did teleport himself from obscurity to like Top of the Pops. He did kind of do that in like no time. So who knows? Maybe they do have it. But 9.10 will send you out to the uh, 2019 iHeart Radio Music Festival. Bobby will be there. And so will you. 9.10 will give you your first keyword. Uh, you know, the last couple of days on the program, you know what we had to talk about a lot was guns and, uh, you know what I mean? And that whole thing. And we're not going to do it a bunch right now. We're not. Okay. But um, I found this interesting because I was not advocating for anything. I was just saying, hey, Fantone, let's you and I kind of talk about this and like, let's air out what the arguments are. Okay. I, I want to think out loud. I was trying to think out loud is essentially what I was trying to do. And, and, and I do that at home a lot when I'm planning the show, too, by the way. Like, I like hearing it. So I'll walk through my living room and I'll kind of think, and sometimes I'll be like, all right, well, here's where I'm at. And I don't, we don't ever like write the show, but I kind of know who Fantone is. So I'll like be in my living room and I'll kind of be like, all right, well, like, this is what I think. And like that idiot's going to then say this. And then I'll try to like, you know what I mean? Work myself around the argument. And now like, all right, if I can hear a conversation, I'm like, all right, that's going on the program, right? It's kind of one of the ways I do it. But I wasn't advocating for anything. I also have no legislative power. I can't create a law. I can't change your life. I can't do any of that. So, like, I felt like the anger was a little misguided. 
I also, I just find this interesting and then we'll move forward. I, I, I found it hilarious that even as I was suggesting like, well, let's have an open conversation about it without shutting it down. Nothing is off the, like, nope, you can't do it because this says this. Okay. Where were all my First Amendment defenders yesterday and the day before? Where are all these people who are normally like, no, man, I got the right. I'm saying it. As I was, I was like, well, let's just have a conversation. Maybe, maybe guns is part of how we'll have a solution here. Nope, can't do it. Where, where were my First Amendment defenders? Where's all the Roseanne should still be on TV people while I'm saying stuff like that yesterday? And not even like, it's the guns. I'm taking them from you today. I wasn't even doing that. Where were all the just people defending? Yeah, I was just kind of trying to air it out. Let me think out loud. Where were all the people defending my right to my, my free speech? You constantly go to this every time. The moment you want to defend somebody, it's like, yeah, hey, you had blackface. Yeah, but you know, first time. speech. You know what I mean? Like, you get my, yeah, you know, what yeah, the hell's going on? Yeah. Where were all those people the last couple of days? Why am I public enemy number one right now? Um, and, and, and I, I, I think a big part of it is, is because it's very easy. Public enemy number one. It's not, it's like 16 of you, but like, <laughs> but still. <laughs> it's very easy to, you know, not see the, I guess, the hypocrisy in your own argument. And people are guilty. Well, I'm of, guilty of that too. People are, gu- people are guilty of it all the time. Sure. You, me, and everyone else sure. on the face Absolutely. of the planet. Yeah, so you're right. like, it's hard to open up your eyes and view that in yourself. But no, there's definitely a point there of like, well, if, if you're going to scream about it all the other times, why, why aren't why, you screaming about why it? Why aren't now? we talking about it right right now? I, uh, I uh, that's it. Now we're uh-huh. kind of done with that. I just kind of wanted to point that All out because right. I felt like it, I just couldn't get it out of my chest yesterday. I was like, "You, where's all my First Amendment people?" Right. You may have escaped something else last night. I try to. I, I'm trying to escape things always. I believe your uh, your fiance is what we'll call her okay. because of the decade I work in now. I believe uh, she is too young for for uh, the revival of. From my generation was, I honestly, it was one of the biggest TV moments of my life, I think. Okay. When this dropped initially, okay. like I forgot because Jen was super excited last night. Like, babe, oh my God, babe, 90210, babe. I'm like, I know, honey, I know. And she's like, I, I mean, I, Luke's not going to be there, obviously, because he died. And his, how sad was that, by the way? And then like, you know, she's all into like whatever, right? And like going off about it. And I really did go down memory lane a little bit last night because of this. Like, this show was definitely geared towards the female demographic. But much like Friends, dudes were watching this with their girlfriend and got sucked into it and were lying about it. As a matter, I know. I thought about, I was like, we used to meet over my high school girlfriend's house, Kelly, like 20 of us, and like cram in the basement to watch this. Now... We, my, me, my buddy Jim, and my buddy Tim, and those, we were there because our girlfriends were there, right? That was kind of the thing, but we were kind of lying. Because, dude, Jenny was like kind of hot. Like, you know, Jenny Garth was kind of hot. And, like, you, you know what I mean? Kind of watched it. And it's like, this is like the fourth time they've tried to pump blood and life back into this brand. Like, she, but she got sucked into it. Like, I didn't watch it with her, but sure enough, when it was over, she's like, guess what? I cried. I mean, I, I mean, babe, I cried. And I, you gotta understand, for those of you that have never met my girlfriend, she's like an angel. Like She's like the nicest person of all time. She is super sweet. And she's very much like Rachel and Friends, as we go back to that show. Rachel cries over everything. That's Jen. If, I, I, dude, if she sees a card walking through a store, I'm like, oh my god. And like she, next thing you know, like she's crying. She's just, dude, emotions are right on the surface. One of the things I love about her. But like, so I was just like, I, but it got me thinking, like, are watch parties the thing? Do we care? Do is do, do people are are they passionate about the art 
because of how much of it there is. Like, there were 13 TV shows. Is that why we were packing each other in the basement? In the world of binge-watching, no. Watch parties aren't necessarily what they used to be in that concept of, like, hey, we're all going to come together. Now, I think on some stuff, yeah, there's probably still, you know, when Game of Thrones was finishing up, I'm sure people were doing that kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, I guess maybe. Uh, do bars were doing Game of Thrones stuff. And, You're right. And, and, and like, are, is there going to be, like, oh, well, he had this party last night for 90210? Yeah, but as a most part now, people aren't, aren't doing that anymore. Anymore, and a big part of the reason why is because like we live in the world of streaming, and I know this and not having friends. Well, and like and 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 what am I going to do? Sit there and watch all thirteen episodes of something the first night it comes out with you in my house? No thanks there. So like I think that that mentality just kind of like went by the wayside, and 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 maybe probably never going to come. Well, back. I mean, I don't expect adults to do it because here's the reality of it: like when you get older, your friends are who you, lives in your house. Like right. you don't, you know what I mean? Like that's it. You know, it's like outside people kind of suck. You you learn, you know, you live long enough. It's like ah, most people are terrible right and so i I, but i thought about that i was like there's a little bit of i don't know i mean i kind of like thinking back on that i I mean i didn't until yesterday so i guess i don't know why i'm all right you know i don't know what the hell i'm talking about i don't know what the hell i'm talking about parents uh all right they people want you responsible for your kids and financially in a manner that is going to really piss you off that is next on the stansbury show six nine Welcome back to the Sands Show. 8.30 this morning, we'll send you to see a day to remember. November 15th, they're playing CSU, Wolstein Center. Get you into that. Around 8.30 this morning. Also, uh, we're going to give you some advice from Andrew WK. Okay. He's kind of moved into that. Andrew WK has. He's kind of moved into like that. Let me tell you how to get it all figured out. And I, that's a job I want. All right. That is a job. I, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about that. He actually does have good advice for this kid. And uh, I've met him. He's an interesting dude, Andrew WK. I think he's a little D Snyder-ish, where, like, you know, D went, you know, before, like, Tipper Gore and all that to defend the music, and they thought he was just going to be some stoned idiot. And he was like, nah, dude, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And he, like, you know what I mean? That whole thing famously went down. Andrew WK is very similar there. People think he's a moron because of the songs he made, you know, Party Hard and all that. But the guy's actually a little bit deeper than that. I don't know how much, but, but, but at a least a little bit. But at least a little bit. And he has it's some interesting advice that I think a lot of us need right now in the outrage culture thing. So we'll talk about that coming up at 830. Um, I like personal responsibility i like holding people accountable i like well i don't like when i'm held accountable for the things i've done but but i understand why it happens right and that that, that i think there's growth through that and that and and that's um what best serves everybody yeah i mean if if you want to be a better version of yourself if you want society to be a better version of itself be the change accountability has to be a part of it and and that all starts with you there's just no mistake about it if you're willing to lie to yourself, you're willing to lie to other people. If you're willing to, you know what I mean? Like, so there's just, it, it, it all starts with you. So we know that childhood obesity is a huge problem. Not just here, but even in the UK. Fat kids, okay. It's a huge, huge problem. And, you know, uh, you saw some of these tweets in the wake of the mass shootings where people are like, you know, it's medical things that are killing more people and nobody's mad about that. You know what I mean? You see everybody wants to have every argument but the one okay. that, that, that they're currently having. And I'm not on anybody. I get it. It's like everybody's got the thing that they feel strongly about, right? Right. And so they started to look into these numbers and it's pretty alarming. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. Let me see here. 
one in ten children are obese by age five. Okay. You add you add one more year, get them to age eleven. They're one. It's one in five. Nearly thirty two percent of children and adolescents in the United States between the ages of two and nineteen are overweight, and more than half of those children are in fact obese. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got to make sure that there's a difference between overweight and obese. Sure. Obese is fat taken to the next level. Not I'm just steroids. like, hey, your kid's a little bit portly over there. Like, boy, you know, an extra, you know, an extra trip around the track would help out. We're talking obese kids. Okay. They actually referenced a story from here in Ohio from 2011 where a third grader was 200 pounds and they removed him from his home and put him in foster care. And so the argument now is we need to start punishing parents probably financially if your kids are obese they said and this is kind of true every time you read this article i want you to remove the word obese or overweight and i want you to insert the word abused we would be removing kids from homes we need to start looking at this as abuse is their argument uh, again, I'm airing stuff out. I'm trying to get to where, where, where I want to be, okay. right? And so their argument is, if you don't feed your kids, what do we do? That's you malnourishing your kids. You're, 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 that's not a benefit. You're doing something hurtful to your children. And that's abuse, no doubt about that. That is abuse. Like, that's not even a debatable point. If you're not giving your kids the calories they need to survive, yeah, that's how. Well, how yeah, is strapping your children... With lifelong diseases like diabetes at age 10. You know what I mean? Like, how is that not abuse? I Like, here's the thing. I don't want this to be. Because what this is going to lead to, the argument is, what? The government knows how to raise your kids better than you do. I, I, I Guys, I hate the government involved in my life. You guys know that. But... We, there are laws that protect ourselves from ourselves all over the place. It's not like this is the first one of these to drop out of the sky. And so when I heard that argument, when I was like, well, wait, if I don't feed my kid, I'm the worst person ever. But if I give my kid a disease by, by not caring how much they eat, that's okay. Like, it's... Now, here's the thing. I feel like I'm a reasonably intelligent person. I feel like giving them too many cupcakes is the better version of not doing it right than not giving them food at all, though. Now, just because it's better doesn't mean it's acceptable, though. Yeah, I was going to say that's not necessarily a great bar to get over that like, hey, well, it's not as bad as starving my kids. Right. <laughs> like, um, but I guess when it comes down to it, is this is this like is this the same thing and i can at least see why there's pushback of it well it's not because it's like i'm giving my kid the ability to eat food i'm not i'm not shoving the food down their throat i'm not like i'm not like forcing them into this where you're for if you're not giving your kid food you're forcing them not to eat essentially okay sugar's the first drug we're all on Make no mistake, right? If I don't stop my kid from doing drugs, you see what I'm saying? Now, here's what makes this tricky. You don't need marijuana. You don't need cocaine for anything. You do need you do need nutrition and food to survive. That's where it gets murky there. I, I will full-on admit. But we do know, right? Like, again, you know why I always lean on this? I'm always like, hey, man, if your kid's overweight, if he's eating too much, there, there's a, there's, there may be a psychological problem going on there. There may be like, it, like an emotional issue. There may be something that you're not looking at. Something's happened. You don't know. You know why? Because I was that kid. And I remember hearing my parents in the living room kind of debating it. And my, you know, at different times, they were both on different sides of it. And you know, I remember like my mom once, I, always, I know I always lean on my dad, but my mom once was like, Dean, look at this. 
Look at this. He can't stop doing it, though. Like we've tried, we've 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 tried a couple of things, and he can't stop doing it. We need to have his therapist start to address this with him. And sure enough, like we did. Like and and, and it's been a struggle my whole life. Now I'm not on my parents say like you know I would be a better person. That's not it. But and again, I'm not an obese bit, person though. now. Well, yeah, probably a little. But. Think about that. If your neighbor wasn't feeding their kid, you would want that kid removed from that house today. But if your kid gives, but if your neighbor gives their kid diabetes, you're like, well, you know, it's not my place to say anything. Well, I mean, that very much is a part of 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 the kind of world we live in. Is that oftentimes it's not your place to say anything. Oftentimes it's not like. Well, we have told everybody these days everything is your place to say something, right. and I'm not saying that's right because it's probably not right. And I mean, so living in the world that we want to live in, as opposed to living in the world of like you know uh, of of quote unquote snowflakes. If you want freedom, then you can't. Then, punish people then, for giving their kids too many cookies. Right. And you like can't. And, and when it comes down well but no, we can tell you you can't like put cigarettes out on your kid because that's abusive. The question here is like when does But not enjoyable. But, this is where this gets tricky is because cupcakes can be abuse if you if you just keep but it they are enjoyable. Well sure but nobody's like, hey, but that's well I guess some people are. And, 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 and right, like... <laughs> Not commonly. But, but what we're doing there is making the definitions for people. Like, we're essentially, like, like, like making, like, the, hey, I, I just want to know where is this line of fatness when it comes to a kid? What's the protocol and procedure here? Because it feels very open-ended of, like, okay, well, yeah, well, now if your kid's morbidly obese, but, well, when are we going to take that step back to obese? When are we going to take that step back to overweight? When are we going to take that step back to, oh, you've had cupcakes three times this week, that's too many. I just feel like it's a very open-ended door that we're opening here. Like, well, I can't, I, I hate when, I mean, I can't imagine the government knows how to raise my child better than I do. And I don't want to say that they do. Government doesn't know how to raise your child better than you do. But does, the government, does the government know better how to raise some people's kids than some, some people do? Well, they might know how to do it better than they're doing it right now. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe they... Oh, six, nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. I, uh, before moving too far forward, I have, to, uh, I have to wish a buddy of mine good luck. Okay. My buddy Matt Yuri is playing in a USGA mid-amateur qualifier today at Avon Oaks Golf Club. And Matt's really good. Like, can go really low. Like, shot sub-70 last weekend in South Carolina. He can go really low. Dude's really good. And so he's got a shot at, like, winning, like, amateur tournaments in the area and, like, that kind of thing. Like, I think once upon a time he had, like, a real ambition to play professional golf. And uh, he's playing today, and he's got a really good shot. He plays in the U.S. Open qualifiers all the time, and he comes really close. So he's playing today in Avon Oaks, and dude, just... Swing easy today, man. I I, I want to see you do well. So many um, athletic dreams get shut so early in life. Yeah. Like if you haven't if you haven't made end roads to be an NBA player by the time you're 22, it's you over. probably ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, ain't doing Golf's it. nice that you have the ability to like continue to chase it and continue to kind of climb the ladder. Competitive golf, at least. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Now, yeah, right. you might not be Tiger Woods, but you still have an avenue. You of can like, compete against other people. Oh, right, of make a little of, money. Kind of doing something there. So yeah, man, I I don't know this dude, but good luck, man. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited for him. I hope he does well out there tonight. Uh, we were talking before the break. There's, uh, you know, and now normally I'm like, ah, these opinion blogs, right? Okay. But somebody's kind of raising the question here about um, the childhood obesity issue. And, you know, their thing is, 
if you were malnourishing your children, we would remove them from you. For sure. If you weren't feeding them and things like that. We do that all the time. Even if it was due to circumstance, if this was like, hey, we don't have the money to feed our kids all these calories, and we found out about that, we'd still come and take your kids. It's not like we would just be like, oh, hey, here's some that's, food, and we'll help you out. And that's we'll like, literally the fastest excuse for us to be like, all right, well, then you can't afford it, then yeah, here we come. Those yeah, kids out of there. For okay. sure, right? And now people are like, you can't do this. And I even said, admittingly, and I should not feel this way, but I do. I would judge you differently if you were not feeding your children versus you are a little guilty of looking the other way on, you know, spare ribs for dinner. And you know what I mean? And like the whole thing, it's too much soda and the whole thing. I do. Now, I judge both. For sure I do. But I look at you like a scumbag if you don't feed your kids. But if you overfeed them, I'm just kind of like, mm, lazy. You just don't want to tell your kid no. There, there's judgment, yes, but I don't think you're like a, a horrific person where it's like if I see your kid and their skin and bones, I'm like, dude, that's terrible. Now, now, if you're starving your kids, that's one thing. If you're not giving them enough food, or is there like, because like it's one thing. There's a version of that on that side? Yeah. Is, is that, is that huh. fair? I mean, is there? Is well, that... there probably is, but I think if you're not giving your kid food, you're trying to starve them. I don't think it's like, eh, just the bare minimum. I don't think so, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. I... I think laziness can turn into, geez, he'd give another seven pounds. I didn't see it, right? You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they're both problematic. They both yeah. lead to, pro- you know, to issues in your health. So, like, and we all got to pay for it financially. This is what people are saying, which is like, dude, this is what's happening with your healthcare costs. Everybody's talking about it. This is one of the things that contributes to it. Something. Some. Yes. No. Que- no question about that. That are that that at the end of the day, we the American taxpayers. Adult diets too. Yes. Yes. Um, something, someone brought up to me, like the kind of sliding scale of obesity and body mass index and how do you define these things? Because like, you know, there's, there's plenty of examples of like people who aren't truly obese, but according to the BMI scale are, are labeled as such. Uh Like, does that become a part of this where it's like, well, what is it just because my kid's fat or is it rolls or is it like a scale? They're going to go by BMI. I would imagine. The body mass index. I, I'm, I'm Fantone, I'm guessing. So, but, but, I mean, knowing what you know about that, doesn't that right out of the gate seem problematic? Yeah, it can be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That, that, the, that out of the gate. The BMI, like anything else, is a good guideline, but it's not gospel. And so you, you have to be careful with that, too. Now, a guy wrote in, and he was like, look, man, he's like, y- you were talking about how this stuff kind of makes you uncomfortable because you like the government out of your life, right? He's like... To me, what I heard you say is you're presenting this like it's a freedom issue. And he's like, I think you're missing the mark here a little bit, Stansbury. He's like, you have the freedom to go and eat as many things as you want and get as big as you want. Right. You do not have the freedom to do it to somebody else. And so this is where I, but, and I, so I get what he's saying there, right? Because I'm responsible for my child. I do right. get it. But at the end of the day, my kid, though, has freedom, right? Yeah, but does he? I mean, no, because you're the one who decides on what your kid eats and what your kid does and all of that. Do kids really have freedom? No. Let me tell you what makes me very, very nervous about this. I got to be careful. Jen's son is a picky eater, and it's not just picky. There's another issue. but So it's very regimented. It's this, 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 or this. If they do something like this, 
a lot of his diet is going to be considered to be. And so I can't. Meanwhile, dude, he's not overweight at all. As a matter of fact, he's kind of little. And so I can't have it be you can't because, dude, sometimes kids just won't eat unless you give them the thing. Right. Is this is this a hey, kids can't eat cupcakes or is this hey, your kid can't eat so many cupcakes they get fat? Right. Well, I guess what she's saying is, is like we we start to see body issues. Up until then, you know, we're all right here. It's going to be missed. She doesn't even. I she the the people that put this study forward didn't even suggest how we go about like here's how we fix it. They're just like there. We need to start having the conversation that overfeeding your children is as bad as underfeeding them. And I can't deny the fact, I mean, what have I said multiple times this morning already about it? That I have a different view of you if you underfeed versus overfeed. I don't think it's necessarily crazy to say we maybe need to get to at least the same view of it. No, I I don't think that's necessarily crazy. No. I just don't know if anyone's going to agree on what the same view of it is. You well, know no. what I mean? Well, like that's I, that's that's part of the problem here. You're asking me if human beings are going to get along? We're, no, we're, we're all going to have a different view on what is or is not appropriate. Um, a guy sent me a picture of his kid, and you know, this is hey, this is my oldest son. Two years ago, he was considered a beast, and literally all we changed in his diet from then till now is giving him less milk. So essentially, what we're going to be fined for, what we're going to have our kids taken away from. I always say about milk, ton of sugar. It's not, it's not candy, it wasn't cupcakes, it wasn't fast food, it was just that the kid was sucking down too much milk. Well, that's his kid. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. but, 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 But... he still would have been. He still would have been on the on the receiving end of the fine well, or the takeaway or whatever. I would imagine. This is how I would perceive this to move forward: is that it's not like anything else. You get a, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you you get this fixed by X, or we're not. You know what I mean? I don't think it's just like, hey, you're walking through the mall. No, you know, there you are, Belden, and they tag your kid's ear, and now you owe them two fifty. Like, I don't think that's how. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily how it's going to work. But I do think there is the when when you know raising kids isn't necessarily an easy thing to do and 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 making sure that they're eating what you want them to isn't an easy thing to do so you can give your best intentions there and you can try as hard as you can to be like hey you know let's let's drink less milk and let's do this it doesn't necessarily mean that the kid is going to you know roll with it and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be like kids not going to lose the weight in the time given it just feels very you're opening up you're opening up parents who are trying to do what's best and you're opening them up to hey your kids are getting taken away from you this feels very this happens a lot where you can have a credible idea behind a cause but in application it's a total and utter nightmare mess yeah. it's a total and utter nightmare mess as somebody who has struggled with their body their entire life now I would imagine most children don't have the, I mean, dude, I was molested by a neighbor. If you don't think that let it, I talk about it all the time. And that's why if your kids are overeating, I worry about it because I, I, I not necessarily it's that, but is it a bully? Is it in fear? Did, are we scared of dad? Is it is, like it, there's, I'm telling you, if your kids overeating a ton, I would get my arms around that and I would try to figure out what it is having lived through that experience. It rears its ugly head deep into my life now. Yeah. Like this whole last week, I was kind of like, remember I was kind of sick. Like, honestly, I have been miseating for about a week and a half and like bad again. Like I'm hiding it 
from people. I lied to Jen about it the Jeez. one day, and like, yeah, and like, once you start lying to somebody, no, that's, like somebody you love about something, that's that's problematic. See what I'm saying? Like, dude, some of that behavior is already starting to creep back in. This is a lifelong problem. So I understand the desire when somebody's on the outside looking in, going, "Dude, don't strap your kid with that forever." What is the matter? With, I I understand that. But I'm not sure we can get to don't enjoy things. Like, that's the other thing is like, it's weird to say this about a kid, but are we here for a good time or a long time? And there's a little bit of like, if you don't live, I, I, smoking's really bad for you. But I heard somebody say this uh, once about quitting smoking. They said, you know, you live longer. And somebody said, well, do I live longer or does it just feel longer? And there, and like, there is something in that, like, where we do have to leave room for, as much as I demonize it, dude, sugar's good. It is. It's delicious. And you know what I mean? Drinking beer on Friday night's fun. And to do an occasional cigarette does. It feels loose. Ooh, can't help caution of the wind. It, these are the things that make you feel alive a little. Sure, but like the concept of like hedonism, the pursuit of like, well, uh, oh, had, the only thing that matters is it, does, it make, does it make me feel good or not? It can't be the standard there. And like when you, it, nobody's going to say, and, and I know some people will disagree with me, but like smoking cigarettes is enjoyable. It like, is. But nobody's going to say, well, dude, the kids can smoke cigarettes. No. It's not that big of a deal. Like, no, of course not. No, I mean, I, do you think letting your, I guess this is the question we need to answer. Is letting your kids eat too much food, is it abuse? Do you feel like that's abuse? Yes, on some level. Do I think it's the same thing as punching your kids? No, but do I think on some it's level... Not, but on some level... Is it can that, be as damaging, it, though. Yeah, if, 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 you're, if you aren't implementing responsible food habits in your kid, on some level you're falling down on your job as a parent. At the very least, maybe not abuse, maybe not abuse, but you're being negligent. And you're softening the blow you're, because you're, it, because people are going to be unhappy with what you said, well, I think. At, at the very least, negligent, though, because like I think abuse is probably... It probably might be a different a different thing that I'm talking about here, but like at the very least, you're falling down on your responsibilities, and I, I, there's some pushback there, right? But no, because there's a million ways I think that if well, I'm not going to tell you well if you're not teaching your kids how to how to do their chores, that's abuse. No, it's not. You're being a bad parent, but I don't have any say in that. Not making them brush their teeth. I don't have any say in that. I don't get any say in that. But but if you don't, that's take a help. If you don't take your kid to, to leukemia, or if you don't take your kid to chemo, we're going to say something about that. Well, sometimes under the religious exemptions, we don't, though, right? So, is there a religious of fat people? Is there a hey, I'm allowed to, I'm, I'm allowed well, to embrace this? Like, some religions do have dietary things built into them. Some of them do. That's you know, God. That's going to get tricky there. It, it, abuse feels like a, a strong word, but there's something happening there where you're not taking care of your responsibility. This is where I find very interesting about this conversation we're having right now is that you and I both have a resistance to call this abuse, even though we're leaning towards the line that it is. And yet I am a person full on admit. I love judging people. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. I absolutely love passing out judgment. And yet I feel as if if I call this abuse, I know I'm judged. You know why it is? Because of how large the group of people we're judging is. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Fat kids everywhere. Because they, they parents, are yeah. literally every, They are literally everywhere. And I'm like, well, dude, I can't piss them all off. You know what I mean? But there's a little bit of it's closer to abuse than not. It does not feel like the same kind of abuse as not giving your kids food at all. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. 830. We'll send you to see a day to remember up at CSU. November the 15th, that show is. God, I cannot believe I'm giving tickets away to shows that are in November. Yeah, dog. I mean, like, that ain't far away at all. Well, I'll tell you what else isn't far away, and What's I haven't that? gotten an update from you in a while. What is that? 
The wedding, September. Ah. ah. Can, can you give me the date one more time? September the uh, 28th. 20, that's September the thought. 28th. The official, uh, what do I want to say? The official invitations are in the mail. Those were put in yesterday. So I wouldn't be surprised if yours comes to your house either this afternoon or tomorrow okay. by the latest. For I sure. saw you give another coworker one in the building yesterday, right. and I was like, I know we're invited. He literally said, <laughs> I literally, he literally said, Jen's on the fun table list. She is on the fun table list. Do I, so am I sitting with her? Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Now, it's not going to be table breakup. That's not what the fun oh. list is. Like, what we came up with is our list of what we view as, like, party MVPs. And what I mean by that is people that we know are going to be dancing, people who are going to be laughing, people who are going to be drinking, people who are going to be having a good time. And the entire... Okay, well, wait a minute. See, all right, I'm going to take... <laughs> no, I'm taking umbrage here. I, uh... I and because I feel like I foot that bill on every single one but dance. Except the dancing, which is a very important part of the reception. And what we've kind of focused on, and we've agreed on this since the day that we got engaged, what we really, really want out of this this wedding, number one, is to be married and to start the rest of our lives together. But number okay, two... That's the right answer. <laughs> number, but number two is for the people that come to have a good time. And that being said... We know that there's going to nobody be... talk to Sansbury. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, is 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 is, is 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 we know that Jen is going to be out there being a part of like the dancing and the fun and all of that. And she'll be doing the hustle on the way into the I reception. Think it's more, right. So I think it's more likely that you'll be hanging out over at the bar. Now, that's an important part, too. Somebody's got to be over there. Yeah. But what we, well, what, I like what that we really what we're focused on is like, did you drink? Did you dance? Did you have fun? Did you laugh? Did you do those things? So when we were talking about like, hey. She's a good time. Oh, dude, you know he's fun out there. So we kind of like came up with this list, and we're like, before the wedding, we're going to have to talk to all of these people and give them the I'm job. On the naughty list of your wedding. Give them the job. This is of, terrible. Yo, we want you to be, we want you to be a fun ambassador. We what? want you to be a part of a life of the party. And we think that if we get those 20 people really like, hell yeah, dude, let's do this, it's inevitable that it's going to be fun. I, um, I hate that you're right about this. <laughs> no, I do. Like, I don't, I, I gotta be honest with you, dude. Like, I don't like what this says about me, but I'm not gonna learn how to dance between now and September the 28th. No, probably she not. She tried to get me to dance last week at that wedding, and I was like, honey, I'll slow dance with you. I just look like an idiot. Everyone does, though. That's the thing. See, it's... but I don't think they do. Oh, they all do, dude. They like, all do. Nah, cause sometimes, dude, you'll dance in the hallway without even realizing it. Okay. And I'm like, nah, that, like, he doesn't look good. <laughs> like, I never think to my Myself, like that looks good. I never, not not a once, but I do think to myself that looks better than what I would do if I was doing that. Um, and I, I think the reason why that is, and I, I talked about this, is that like. Once upon a time, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't look stupid either. I think once you give up on that, once you let that go, all of a sudden, dude, your dance skills and your abilities to do things like that all of a sudden go through the roof is because you're no longer caught up in that, like, oh, my God, I don't want to look stupid. I don't, I don't care if I look stupid. And not to, but like, uh, but I don't think Jen necessarily cares. So I think that's why oh, at least a part, that's why at least a part of, at least in that capacity, why that's a part of the reason why she made the quote unquote fun list. Like she, she, she was definitely <laughs> Dude, the, I, I up there too. Here's the thing: more than I hate that, she's in her car. Oh yeah, dear. you know what I mean. And so, like the rest of the day, I'm gonna get murdered with the. 
God, they don't even think you're fun. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, dude, you have no idea how much ammo you've just given my woman to like murder me with for like a month. Yeah, and it's it's a select group. It's 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 only like you she know. She is super fun though. You did nail her. Like she takes wherever she is, that's where the dance floor is. She'll move that goddamn thing. And that's why we knew, like, all right, and 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 and, and you know she gets that whole big old backyard moving. The only job you have is to get out there and work that thing. And I she know does she, too. I know she she loves go it. out there and handle it. So yeah. So uh, the invitations in the mail, and like I said, hopefully you're getting yours today. I don't know. Am I, did we get separate invitations? No, <laughs> no, it's her. Daniel John Stansberry and you know her and and her and there her. and her and that one there. I saw this. There's a actually a wedding story. I saw. We'll have to wrap this up pretty quickly. But I, I, I'm interested to get your take because you could have saved yourself a bunch of money. Okay. Uh, this woman's getting married. I guess there's like I don't know 300 people or whatever coming to the wedding. That's a lot. That is a lot. And uh, yeah, no, that's a lot. And uh, and she says, look, I'm uh, no DJ, no booze. You don't get it. I'm not paying for it. Come to the wedding, but I'm not paying for this. Like, bring iPods. Mm-hmm. She's gonna let people like yeah. like people are gonna contribute, and you yeah. you 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 DJ our wedding is going to be one of the answers there, and it's BYOB. I don't. I I I, I understand that you're trying to save money, and it feels like yeah, but you're trying to look like you're doing something cool and being cheap as hell about it, right? It. And and it feels like hey, anywhere we can cut costs, and that's why I understand. Yeah, I hurt your wedding. That's what you did. maybe the DJ. I think that's a terrible precedent. I think you're going to end up regretting that move. But I understand where that comes from. They set the tone. If well, right, and it's important to have somebody in charge of things. If there's you a need song, the cheesy dude doing it, you do. If there's a song that comes up that you're like, oh, I don't want. You're, you you don't just want a playlist going throughout your wedding well i bet we have an iHeartRadio wedding playlist i bet we do have a wedding i'm gonna recommend a dj but not having alcohol unless you're like unless you're dealing with alcoholism or you're dealing with like come on like you're what you're doing is telling people like this isn't going to be fine just say i mean everybody knows you don't think it's true of your wedding but you've been to a million weddings. What do you do? You sit at that table with everybody else you don't know, and you talk trash about the wedding. God, this could have been a little bit better. Man, that could have been nicer. Jeez. Hey, well, I did. I, I do kind of like how they did this. That's what people do. They Maybe sit I'll take there. That invitation back. Like, boy, no, I'm telling you, fans on the Yes, but ten thousand dollars on this. Oh, awful, boy. I hate this thing. By the way, you might as well let your money on fire. But, yeah, of course, that's what people do. For sure, that's what people do. Because, and here's the thing: they don't even think any of that stuff. You just dragged them out of their house on Saturday afternoon, and they're like. I barely like this, dude. In three years, they're going to be divorced. What am I sitting here missing a goddamn playoff game for this? Nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. 8.30. We'll send you to see a day to remember. CSU. November 15th. We're saying starting to feel already a little weird to start promoting shows in November already, but here we are. Fantone found this great video of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know everybody loves Stone Cold. Yeah. He found this great video of, uh, of one Mr. Stone Cold, and he's like fawning over Baker Mayfield. A, uh, a big football fan, Steve Austin, follows the game closely. Is that and right? He's got a new TV show coming out, which is why he's doing like the world tour of like press right now. Okay, that makes sense, because he is a personality for sure. Oh, no doubt, dude. Yeah. There's, he's got an undeniable charisma and watchability to him. And, uh, you know, he went to, it was, I think, Brown's training camp or, or, or one of the OTAs or one of the, you know, the preseason things. 
and you know got to spend some time with Baker, got to you know kind of do the thing and, and talk to him. They and, seem like appropriate friends. He's in a pod, dude. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield actually really really good friends with Jim Ross, who's also good friends with Steve Austin. Right. So that's where there's that, the Oklahoma connection. That's where that connection kind of came into play there. But I know yeah, a little it, bit about the the uh, the not the, much the, a resounding kind of endorsement from Stone Cold. And if you're good enough for the Texas rattlesnake, you're good enough for me. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Steve Weiser's baby. All right. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not you're you're, you're not wrong about that. Although it was Miller Lite out of there in center yeah, field was, the other night. Yeah, you know, there's a guy that thinks that the whole thing was uh that that whole thing was not as natural as it looks. Now, I was told Baker kind of was given a heads up, hey, you know, the camera's coming over here, right? Um but there's a guy making an argument that the beer company kind of, hey, we want to be the beer in the shot. We'll pay. Because you can clear his day before he even starts. You can see the Miller Lite can in his hand. You can. But I don't think so. I, I know. It felt like a reach to me. Actually, you know, obviously the Browns playing tonight. You know what? Right. So, all right. I hope I can get this thought out as well organized as I have it in my head. That's the hardest part of this job. The Every whole time, thing. I'm like, dude, man, I know what I want to say I here. I have it. I'm, then, good. I'm ready to go. And then I'm just blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't make any sense. And everyone's like, what are you trying to say? There's an argument in sports right now that I don't like, that I think does not benefit the fan. I hear this a lot when we start talking about athlete salary. I hear, well, what's good for the athlete? Well, what's best for the athlete? This is what all these like, you know, round table debate shows, speak for yourself, the herd, whatever, all the, you know, Max Kellerman and Stephen A and like all this stuff, right? It's like, well, you know, the guy's, I mean, he's earned the money. He's got to get what he's getting. The guy's got a right to the money. And I think we've lost the argument. Not that it's like they won. I'm saying we've shifted the argument off of what it should be. If you really think about it, what is best for the athlete? is to make the most amount of money, right? That's what we all think, right? You're super talented. There's like 50 guys in the world that can do what you do. You're Odell Beckham Jr. Here's all the money, right? That's what we think, right? Because you do something special. We love watching it. You've right. earned this money, right? Yeah, it's not a skill set that anyone can 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 do. It's not like anyone's like, oh, yeah, dude, just go ahead and go out there over the middle and, and, and Baker will throw a ball to you. No, so I I and that. much like this profession, you generate the money. You for sure do, right? Like we watch you, yes. we consume you, you generate the money. So I get that you should have a claim to a very large salary because of that. I believe the salaries they have are very large. But we still then argue that these guys should get like super max deals and like, you know, we get these three guys and get them the highest money. And like, and, and I hear this phrase all the time. What's good for the athlete? What's good for the athlete? The best thing for the athlete is to make the most amount of money possible. That is in direct contrast of what is best for who these games are played for, which is you and I. The more money the star athlete makes, the less talent I can put around everybody else, the less winning we do. And so uh, these athletes, it's like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. These athletes have now got us out there arguing for the thing that's going to prevent us from making, from getting the thing you really want, which is to be really, really good. There are, of course, I mean, everybody's, somebody's got to win every year. So there's going to be like, all right, well, look, I mean, the Warriors spent a ton of money and they win, right? And so like, there's going to be a ton, there's going to be instances of that. But this is also why other teams can't get out of the bottom. In a cap league system, we got to get the argument back to what's best for the winning 
culture. And I'm sorry, that's in direct contrast of what's best for the star quarterback even. Like, look at like Aaron Rodgers. They talk about it all the time in Green Bay. He, you know, he took too much money. It's, it's going on with Dak right now. Are you going to be able to pay Amari? And you got, and then like, and dude, don't even get me started on Zeke. Two years left on the deal. The guy's holding out. What's, we got to stop that. And why do you think it is? Because Twitter argues what's best for the athlete. That's not what's best for the Cowboys. And I think you got to, hold on. You got to remember this. You are a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. If you, right? And so, like, you need them to be good. And so, uh, we, they've got us out there arguing against what it is we want, which is winning teams. Um, I, I guess when it comes to it, like, at the end of the day, these teams are still profitable, profitable, still making money. We're still throwing our money at them. We're still sure. watching it. We're still consuming it. We're still sucking it down. So, there's a little bit of like, well, is it really broken? I mean, is it? Uh, well, it just, I, yes, because I think things can be successful and still be broken. And, and yet, I think things can be on their way to being really broken if you don't fix them before and, we get there. And I, I think what the argument, or at least where this leads to me, if you really want what's best for everybody involved, then playing without cap seems like the answer to this because, like, well, no, because then, then certain teams never win ever again. But, but those teams aren't winning already. But this, but but I, I think this is why the NFL is the system that works the best. I think this is part of the reason why we like the sport as much as we do. But like, I, I think we got to get back to what's best for what's best served to win the most amount of games. It is not paying a wide receiver the most amount of money humanly possible. It is not. That is not what's best. Like, look at New England. Like, I, Tom Brady got paid on his first, like, re-up, and then he's taken, you know, hits since then. Now, why you can't look at it and expect every other quarterback to do that is you can't bank on every other owner to be Robert Kraft and give you everything you need when you do take the cut. Like, most guys are going to take and, the cut and then, just, you know what I mean? So, like, I get that. And most guys don't have a wife that's a billionaire. Yeah, I think a little bit of that is overblown, but but it, it, it would it make it easier? Yes, yes. <laughs> it takes a lot. Yeah, easier, but, but dude, dude, I think that's a, that argument. I always feel is like it's a little overblown when we're talking about dude. Guys are making twenty five million dollars a year. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, there's I'm all for you making a ton of money because you generate it. I bitch about this all the time. I should make way more money for how much I generate for this company. For sure, I should. So like, I'm I'm with the athlete. Make some money. But when I constantly turn on these shows and they're I'm they're trying to get me to start, feel sorry for Amari Cooper, it's like no dog like. What's good for the fan? We're the ones you're doing this for. She, she's worth $500 million. That would make it easier. That makes it a lot, okay, it all right. a lot easier to take a $10 million cut. It does. Okay, dude, it I, does. I, 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 I hear that. I, I do. You're not wrong. But I, I, I think they've, they can do this because they have us arguing for it, even though it's in direct contrast of you winning Super Bowls. I don't understand that. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree that that's in direct contrast with it. I think that, and, and I think that the, the, the I still stand that the answer is, is then let these guys make as much as they can. Yeah, let, I don't let, like that system. I really don't. And I, th- I don't think that's, well, first of all, I don't think you're going to see it come to the NFL. I think the NFL owners know that them having their arms around the league is part of what makes it great. It is. I don't think it can be denied. And really what my point to get to this was is I keep hearing this argument about what should be on that Sherwin-Williams board uh, across the street from the queue. The LeBron board is what people know it as. And there are great... There are great choices, you know, maybe OBJ, maybe Baker Mayfield, maybe, you know what I mean? And, and, And I get all that, and that's probably what it will be. But that's because, again, we've lost this argument. We've made these games about who plays them and who are they for. Why is the money being made? Because you and I watch them. You want to put something up on that Sherwin-Williams board? Put up a picture of the dog pound. 
put us up there. You have forgotten, you douchebags, that you do all of this and all of this stuff happens and all the money happens and all this thing that you get to argue about and all of it happens because I'm addicted to what you do and can't stop giving myself to you, my money to you, my dedicate, my time to you, and you don't even care. Like, it's bananas. We have got to get back. These games are about us. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Mere minutes now. We'll get you guys hooked up with those a Data Remember tickets. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. Countdown's on. Touch the touchdowns coming up. I want you to know. Me? Yeah. Okay. You're not, like, off the hook on this Jen's fun. Stansbury's not. You're not. Like we're going back there at eight forty-five. Right around then, we're going back there. I got. I got. I got the thoughts. Okay. I'll. Uh, I'll give you some other. Uh, some other people who have made the fun list, and uh, you can see the the party that you're not going to be a part of. She is going to love. Like, let me get this straight. You're on the radio, and I'm the fun one. Like, she's. Oh my god, dude. Like, you have no idea. She is going to murder me with this. Oh my god. Not looking forward to that. All right, I uh, I saw something yesterday, and I had it backwards before I read it. And it was, ask Andrew WK. And I thought Andrew WK was saying this about his father. Okay. Like, hey, I'm like a, a, you know, a celebrity, you know what I mean? And I'm dealing with this problem. What do I, you know what I mean? Like, let's talk this out. What do we do? And then I read it, and I realized, no, no, no. A kid wrote into Andrew WK, or you know what I mean? Like, they had an online thing. And said, I have this issue, and Andrew WK is the one passing out the advice. I um, I, I'm not going to call myself like a huge Andrew WK fan, but like I get it and I like it. Like I understand the dude. No, this is party music. This is what I'm embracing. Um, so I think it's really easy to be like, well, this guy's just an idiot. But like he's not. Like I, I feel like everything I've ever read about the dude, everything I, every time I've ever oh, seen no, him no, no, talk, no. he's got. He's D. Snyder, right? Yeah, he's he, D. Snyder. He definitely has more to him than you than just like, hey, I'm the party rock boner dude. Like, yeah, he's, he's got he's got something to him. It's one of those things like they say um, about about acting too. Like, only really really smart people can play somebody really really dumb. That that, that the, okay. the smarter you are, the easier it is to play somebody dumb. Okay, right? And so like, there is a little bit of something in that, right? And yeah, I interviewed Andrew WK at Blossom once. And it was. It was the white jeans, white shirt, blood all down the front, the whole thing, because he knows his gimmick. He's a little kid rock there, too, where he knows what he's doing. Lean into it, dog. Amen. Lean into Amen, it. Amen, right? But when you were talking to him, you got the impression, it was like, oh, oh, God. Like, this guy knows way more than he's letting on. So this kid, like, writes in and says, I'm writing because I just can't deal with my father anymore. He's a 65-year-old super right-wing conservative who has basically turned into a total a-hole intent on ruining our relationship and our planet with his politics. I'm more or less a liberal Democrat with very progressive values, and I know that people like my dad are going to destroy us all. I don't have any good times with him anymore. All we do is argue. When I try to spend time, uh, time with him without talking politics or discussing any current events, there's still an underlying tension that makes it really uncomfortable. Don't get me wrong. I love him no matter what. But how do I explain to him that his politics are turning him into a monster, destroying the environment, and pushing away the people who care about him? Thanks for your help, son of a right-winger. 
Okay? Now, I feel like that's an extreme version of what a lot of people today feel like. Okay. That there's somebody that they love close to them, whether, I don't care which side it is, somebody feels differently than you do, and you're like, man, I love my sister, but Jesus, this, and right. like, vice versa, right? Right. You're ruining the world, even though I love you. And, uh, dude, uh, yeah. Can happen think, outside of the political realm, even. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are dealing with something like this, you know, whether it's your dad, your sister, your, you know, coworker, a best friend, or whatever. So, not, not a unique story that we're facing here. So, Andrew WK writes back. Party hard, party hard, party hard. Now. Okay, what does he say? And I thought this was very, very interesting. It says, go back and read the opening sentences of your letter. Read them again. And then read them again. Then go back and read the rest of the letter. Then read that again. Try to find a single instance where you refer to your dad as a human being, a person, or a man. There isn't one. You've reduced your father the person who created you, to a set of beliefs and political views and how it relates to you. You don't consider your dad as a person of his own standing. He's just your dad. You've also reduced yourself to a set of opposing views and reduced your relationship with him to fight between the two. The humanity has been reduced to nothingness and all that's left in its place is an argument that can never really be won. And if even one side did win, it probably wouldn't satisfy the deeper desire to be in a state of inflamed, passionate conflict. The world is not being destroyed by Democrats or Republicans, red or blue, liberal or conservative, religious or atheist. The world is being destroyed by one side believing the other side is destroying the world. The world is being hurt and damaged by one group of people believing they truly better people than the other, truly are better than the other people. Who think differently. The world officially ends when we let our beliefs conquer love. We must not let this happen. And I read this yesterday afternoon as we were on, you know, the heel of talking about the mass shooting issues in the country over the last few days. And I really thought to myself, I'm like, man, like, he's not only right in this, this one person's case. This is, he kind of, that's a pretty good summary of what's going on. Yeah. The concept of, of us labeling each other has really turned into a problem within the country. Nazi. Um, right, 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 right. And there's, there's just, it's such an easy thing to do. And a lot of times it's Feels almost, good. it's, well, it's almost an, a necessary thing to do because you don't get to know everyone in life. You don't get to have a conversation with everyone in life. So labels do sometimes have to be a part of what we view people as, what we, uh, how we perceive the rest of the world because you don't, you, you do have to label people up sometimes. That's mm. just, it's, it's the yeah. truth of it. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's a harsh at reality. The, at the end of the day, it is. Um, the unwillingness to look past that label, I think, is kind of what we're getting into is the problem. It's not the use of it. It's when you can't allow it to be anything, that person to be anything other than what you kind of has pre- have preconceived. You, like, know, you know what's really interesting to me about the times we live in right now is that, all right, I always talk, one of the things I love about Jennifer is that we are di- very, very different, right? Opposites attract here a little bit. She is a naturally optimistic person, even in the wake of like things are awful in her life personally. She's still like, ah, it's, everything's going to be fine, right? I'm not. And so she, when she sees a person, she sees the very best a human being can be in any one person. She would like to think that that's who, whoever the best version of you is, she likes to believe that's who you are, right? Okay. I'm very much opposite, where I'm like, eh, dude, I know who we all are. We're all scumbags. <laughs> you're probably like, dude, when you go home and nobody's watching, you're probably the worst version of you, right? And yet, that's what's happening 
with everybody right now is we just assume everybody's like because of the labeling you're the worst version of who you are. And even though I'm prone to that belief, that happening right now, I'm uncomfortable with, and that's where my angst with everything that's going on is because I'm like, oh god, dude, too many people are turning into me. Like this is like, okay. wh- what's going on with you people? Like, nah, dude, you guys are supposed to be cool to one another. I, I remember, I'm supposed to be wrong. I- I'm supposed to be wrong about everybody being terrible. Like you guys, you always call me, I'm crazy. Why, why is everybody trying to prove me right right now? Like that's what I feel like right now. Yeah, it's a, it's that tribalism. It's that sense of you know, it's us or them. It's playing everything like it's a zero sum game, and, and and that does lead to problems. And obviously, I think the internet and you know, social media have, if nothing else, played have, a role. Of, have played a role in the furthering of it, have at the very least accelerated it because of the ability to kind of echo chamber yourself and live within that world. Now, I guess the thing that maybe isn't, since it's a letter, I guess maybe this guy doesn't have a chance to respond of like, well, there is like a little bit of like, hey, well, give your dad the benefit of the doubt. And maybe he really doesn't intend on being the worst person on the face of the planet. Well, what's okay to finally say, you know what? That's not okay for us to right. do. That's not just thinking differently. We're, this is moral ground Somewhere here. Somewhere along the line, that morality does come into play here. Now, the fact that it was drawn into liberals and conservatives muddies right. those waters. But at the end of the day, there are going to be times when people are doing like something. Like if my dad was molesting kids, I'm like, I'm out. view is morally reprehensible, something that you can't accept. And but is, not believing in climate change isn't that, though. Right, but is is his dad truly a racist, and is that too far for him? Maybe. Well, maybe you shouldn't, and maybe some people out there are like, well, you should forgive your dad for being well, racist, but not maybe nec- this dude, you don't get to decide that for this dude. Well, there's another argument, not even forgive, maybe that that that, that if you don't spend time with people who have negative tendencies, why, where will they learn the good, the good ones? Sure, but it's not my job to save everyone. You know what I mean? Okay. It's not my, uh, no, okay. Nor, nor am I capable. I like that. Nor am I capable of saving Not everyone. even close. So like, I, nor is any, nor is everyone capable of being saved. What I think the, the and, and I think Andrew WK has a real point here, and there's something to said. But I think that you you at least have to further the thought with like sometimes people are garbage, sometimes people are poison, sometimes that the toxic people are a thing. And how do you deal with that? I have removed people from my life who I loved, enjoyed, but over time realized. Oh, even though I really, really like you, there's negativity in this that I just don't want to carry. I can't, I can't have this. I, I can't carry this around anymore. I love you. I care about you. I don't want to see harm become, you know, fall unto you, but I cannot continue to do this because I'm carrying things I shouldn't have to. And it's unhealthy. And then this is too late in life for that. So I get walking away. I do. I, I really do, but that's at least. And I guess this is the same thing with this letter. That's at least personal and real. When it's happening between people who have never met and more importantly will never meet and like that fighting back and forth, that's where the negativity of what the social media aspect of it really weighs well, on. And me. it should be a lot easier for you to walk away from a Facebook argument in the Fox but it's News not. section than it should be your dad. Your right. dad should get more, you should give your dad more, more leeway, leeway, more more benefit. Come on, doubt. mom. But, 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 there comes to be a point where it's like, you don't get to decide other people just because you, what other people think, feel, and do just because you love them. You don't. <sighs> You know, the counter argument is, and you know, this wouldn't be mine, but I mean, Jesus has turned the other cheek, though, you know? And so, like, 
if if we're if we're a Christian nation, the way people tell me, I mean, aren't I supposed to at least make the attempt? But obviously, that dude doesn't. I mean, this dude doesn't feel that way. So no, no I'm not I mean, living, the Bible's I'm not, not my life based well, on what what a, a hypothetical. I, yeah, that's what is, I, that's so. what I always say. I'm like, eh, if you want to lean that heavily on what that thing says, then we need to get a little bit more. I, I need a little bit more proof there, and that's a whole other argument. And I'm not trying to go down that road because I think I think people really do think I get off on like uh, annoying people of faith, and I just don't. I um I, I don't. I know sometimes it may sound that way i this is this is a problem man i mean like the country for me feels heavy it is right now like if it like it feels heavy like i I don't know whose fault it is i don't know who's to blame i know every every no every right i yes i do i don't know but like i know everybody wants to blame the people they disagree with but like i'm ready for and i'm not trying to get at him over this phrase it's just a phrase you all know but make america relax again like, I feel like it's, it's one of those things. We've convinced people a little bit now that unless you are completely engaged and have an opinion over every last subject that's happening in the world, that you're dumb. And that's not true. It's not true. We do have to get back to realizing there's 24 hours in a day and the human being only has so much capacity. So we're all going to get cut the coverage of things. We can get our access. But like we now expect, unless you know, unless you have the most well-rounded opinion on like everything that happens, it's like people attack you for being kind of dumb right now. And I'm just not sure that's a healthy place for all of us to live. We're like revving in the red line like that. And I just don't think it's good. A day to remember playing CSU November 15th. I actually remembered to give you guys the tickets. You were close to it. one 800 Two four three seven six two five on those and Fantone. I gotta tell you, dude, I don't like being called not fun. I didn't like it. We're going back there next on Rock one hundred six nine. It's nine. All right, I just we gotta get right into it. Like I uh, welcome back to the, welcome back to the program. We're on Rock one hundred six nine, and I'm 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 not mad. That's not the right word, but I'm I uh, I I feel attacked. Heated up. I feel attacked by you and uh, your your beautiful, much better half, your fiance there. Right. You guys are getting married at the end of September. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously invited to the wedding, and uh, I'm bringing my better half. And Fantone made a fun versus not fun list, and my girlfriend's on the fun list, and I'm not on the fun list. And like I, I got to tell you, the only qualification you have for fun that I'm not into is the dancing. And so like I'm a no, fun person. No, it's not. It's not fun versus not fun. It's like the party MVPs. It's the people we know are. Going Going to be you made it catalysts. Worse. They're going to be catalysts for fun. So it's not saying that like, oh, you're no fun. It's just that like we know there's going to be people who carry a lot. You of- just told somebody, dude. Well, yeah, she's got a great personality. Like you just you just <laughs> fat chicked me. You did. You fat chicked me. I know what I know. A PCBS you're shoving at me. Megan and I have talked so much about like what we want out of this wedding and what we want out of like the entire evening and 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 what we've agreed on. And this was based on a lot of different weddings that we've gone to. Is that we just want it to be fun. Have a good and time. A big part of what that, you're throwing a party. A big part, right? And a big part of what that is is kind of getting people involved. Outside of, you know, outside of just like the people, like your best friends. When it comes down to it, it's gonna be 200 people there. Sure. A lot of those people are my another. parents' friends, right? They don't know each other. A lot of those people are her parents' friends or coworkers or a lot of different like little groups of like, there's my high school friends and then there's my radio friends and then there's all these people over here. So there's gonna be a lot of like, I don't want to say clicks, but a lot of like, you know, well, well we're just gonna stick. And apparently with- I'm in the corner. We're just gonna stick with the table and the people that we know. That's 
not what I want to happen. What mingle. I want to happen is mingling and, and you know people enjoying each other and having fun and Telling dancing about and drinking you. and doing all those things. So to make those groups kind of come together, we've decided that we kind of need to get a representation of each and assign to them, yo, you are a part of making this party a good time. So when you're at that table, when and and and, and you know I want to dance by Whitney Houston comes on, I'm oh, expecting I Jen, like that one. I'm expecting Jen to tell everyone at that table, guys, come on, we all oh, gotta she go will. dance. Oh. And exactly and exactly she, right. She takes the dance floor with her wherever she, she goes. And right, what she's gonna do there is something that at the end of the day, you're just not that's not you. That's we all have different skill sets and strengths and all those different what things. What I heard you say is you're not enjoyable. <laughs> but what but what I am trying to say is she's very enjoyable. So when the chicken dance comes on or when it's time to do the electric slide or when it's like yo wobble time I know who to count on. Oh, I she know, loves the wobble. I know she loves the wobble. She I loves didn't the know wobble. that she loves the wobble, but I knew that she, she loved the wobble. Oh, Jen loves and the wobble. Right, and right. So with that being said, when those things happen, when it's time for like, yo, this is it. This is one of the moments we're all going to remember. I know that I can count on Jen and others like her to be supportive of that. Because what often happens in weddings, and we've gone to weddings, and, and, and recently one of the ones we went to, kind of the party fell apart. Because the bride and groom didn't want to be the stars of the show, they didn't want to like make the party happen. That's they were t- well, they were talking to people okay, and doing right. that, okay. but they didn't. They weren't working on like, hey, let's make sure everyone's having fun together. That's best man territory. They were right. They were walking around the entire reception. Okay, I see what you're talking saying. Talking and like doing that, and that's fine. You have to visit with everybody, but the best way to get everybody involved isn't by individual conversations. It's, you know, let's get out here and have fun together, yeah. and I need help in that. She's going to be so and good I at know it. And I know she's going to be great at it. I've got friends that from high school that I know, like, dude, you and you... And your wives, you guys, you have to be out here with us. We need you. I've got radio friends, and I'm like, all right, I know you're going to be the guy. Snoring coke in the parking lot, right? Yeah, dude, we, com- we all know that guy. When it comes down to it, there's there's a lot of different groups, and to get them all together, it's going to take a concentrated effort. It's going to take it's going to take a, a group of people who are committed to fun. And Jen, if you're out there listening right now, girl, I need you committed to fun, girl. Uh, she, no, she is, We're man. Like, wobble, don't worry. she, no, she loves the wobble. I, I uh, I've seen her do it like six times. <laughs> I know Actually, as a matter of fact, the first time I ever took her to dinner, we were actually doing a a, 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 a like food drive together earlier that day, and she had her whole staff, and like they had music going on. She was out there wobbling for that. Wobbling it yeah, up, no, like here's the thing, and this is how I know I love her. Is that I said this the other day? She's got me sixty forty all the time between embarrassed between embarrassed and falling more in love with her. And like I always think to myself, like if I loved you any less, this would be embarrassing. But I love you, and so like I like it's amazing. But like I'm not a dancer. I'm not. I'm a fun person though. Goddamn it! No, I am. And see, like see, here's the thing. Because no, this is gonna be the second wedding in a row. She's gonna outshine me now. You know what I mean? I do. I'm competitive. No, I gotta box her out. You hear me? Do hear me out? Like, so there's a photo actually online at at the show's Facebook page, also my Instagram, Dan.Sansbury. She took me to a wedding last weekend. Right. Right? And I posted this photo of her and I at the wedding. And everybody's like, oh my God, you guys look so great, blah, blah, blah. And then everything is like, out of your league, bro. She's a tad. No, 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 no. Here's, but, but here's why it makes me mad. Because you're not wrong. I am way out of my league. Dude, she's way too, way too pretty for me. But I'm standing there. 
in a $700 suit. That's what, it t- <laughs> that's what it took for me to look as good as that. And I needed $700. I asked her because some women asked me, they're like, can you find out where she got that dress? She texted me back. I wanted to wring her neck. She was like, um, it was in the bargain bin at Marshall's. I paid $20. Welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show. We need Bill Phillips to call us back. Yeah. He uh, won his way into a day to remember, but his phone kept breaking up on, on us. We have half of your information. We still need a little bit more of it, Bill. If you can call us back, we uh, we want to make sure you get into that show. going to be a good one. Yeah. going to be Re- a good one. Rest of you, uh, you're winning your way out to Las Vegas here momentarily. 2019 iHeartRadio Music Festival. And I was told now, like, they get $1,000 spending cash when they go. Ooh. So, here. We'll take you to Vegas. Mm-hmm. You get to go see a bunch of killer shows like Tim McGraw is part of that, Zach Brown, I know Def Leppard, Hart. And you go to that, you go to all that, and we give you $1,000. Smart. Put it all on black. It's as good as any other bet. Yeah. I mean, right? yeah as as 50 50 shot there. You can have it happen. Could be a millionaire at the end of all this. All right. I, uh, you know, Kelsey was listening to us talk about your wedding. Mm hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and how, uh, you know, that you've, you've separated the people into fun, not fun. And, uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, no, Pantone, like, yeah, the most liberal dude you'll ever meet is like, well, my wedding's segregated break though. Up, break it's like, up. No, no, I don't care what race you are. <laughs> you know what I mean, are you good at the jokes? Then you sit over here, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, right? And, uh, and, and Kelsey noticed this. She's like, I'm getting married soon and I'm planning my own wedding. And she's like, I love the fact that Fantone basically has hype men for his wedding. It's an important part. I mean, it's something that I, I think that more people need to think about is how do we how do we have a good time here? And just to, I mean, uh, throw this out here, you are not unique in your situation, i.e. you're the person that I'm essentially inviting, but your plus one is making it to the fun list. Okay, well, see, here's the thing, dude. I, I All right. Doing this for a living, the natural reaction is, well, who else is on my list? Right. But I I know that when you give it to me, right. I'm not going to be made to feel better about this, <laughs> no, right? No, you don't want to be standing next to this person. No, I know you don't. All right. Give me some other, give me well, some other hitters on my list. Well, well, before you, yeah, okay. Okay. So, I'm the person being invited, but my plus one is the, is like, thank God that they're coming. The prime example of this, and this is going to be a conversation, and I know that they're not going to be happy about this, exists within this building. Keith Kennedy and his wife, dude. Keith is not, and I repeat, is not on the fun MVP list, dude. He's not. His wife, one hundred percent, is one hundred percent. Oh my god, dude! Her and Jen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Oh, That's dude, her. Exactly oh. what I'm saying. Her and Jen out there having fun. Oh, she's gonna get Jen all riled up, oh, dude. Just getting so riled <laughs> oh, no. up, dude. No, no, so riled up, oh. and then you're gonna throw my drunk ants in there. Oh. It's gonna be crazy. Um, but no, but you two, you and Keith, you guys will probably be over there. This sucks. And then you, you know, your your plus ones, your significant others will be out there dominating the dance floor. So like, you guys have a little bit of camaraderie there. Like you and fun sucker Keith Kennedy, you guys are gonna you're basically on the same page right there. Oh my god, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I want to make jokes, but I'm I'm miserable already. Like I, I'm not, I, I got like a month, and I'm still like, oh god. Other people um that would you know be relevant to the audience that you know are are have made the fun MVP list um. 
Officer Lamar Sharp. Yeah, but he's on the fun end. And dude, here's the thing. His <laughs> wife is super fun. Super fun. So, super so, fun. So the Sharps, they are on the fun MVP list. I'm going to need them to come out represent. Uh, Mark Munch Bishop, 100% on the fun list. Him and I have talked so many times, and he's like, I got my dancing shoes ready, Oh, brother. homie. Dude, before he turned ham, homie, we're going to be cutting a rock. Oh, he'll have the blue suede on. Oh, dude, he'll no, have them ready no to go. No question about that. Um, on the, well, well, maybe didn't make the fun list. Captain Tony. Captain Tony. Bump on a log. He's going to sit there with his gray beard taking pictures. And, like, I totally want the dude to be there. Has been a friend of mine for, for two decades. His wife is fun, though. Right. And that's exactly. She where, is. His exactly, wife is fun. Exactly where we're going with this. But I know his wife is a good time. She so, is a good time. So she's going to make that list. So it's, it's really what this all kind of comes down to is, like, I know the people that are coming here. Like, I know who they are, and I just want them to essentially be maximized in that in that good time, in the enjoyment of the evening. Uh, we've talked about it in the past. <laughs> Dude, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> we've talked about it in the past. My high school rap group, War, the White Arsenal of Rap, everyone involved with that is going to be on that fun we're list. Getting a, we're uh, getting a reunion? <laughs> well, we've talked about it. Downtown Canton, who knows what's going to happen? Oh, the my streets, God. Dude. Mission but, from God, getting the band back together? But, 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 this is just going to be one of those things where... where dude, your mom's got white arsenal of rap. I'm a little over, we can't mm-hmm. find the white... No, dude, you got t-shirts from the sixth grade. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. There's no way your mom has performance art of Matthew Pantone and she doesn't have... I'm I don't telling you, it. I'm telling you that a lot of, a lot, a lot of war was hidden away. That, I don't know if I was necessarily I, telling my mom about I, That's what I want my wedding gift to be, Lisa. That's what I want. I want white arsenal of rap. We need that. I don't know why he had to go out and be like, hey, this is the race of us. Well, because the reunion tour might happen is all I'm saying. September 28th, downtown Canton. Who knows, dude? Who knows what's going to happen? All I know is that starting at 5 o'clock, that party is going to be going. It's it's 100% like the goal and the focus of everything that we've done right now. And honestly, there's going to be a little bit of me where like, you know, Megan's been so stressed about the details, and she's done such a great job of like taking care of business. And How is she doing? And handling things that I just haven't been a part of. She's she's done great. She's knocked it out of the park so many times. How are the moms doing? They're doing good. They are. They're 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 huge partners in this, and like that's so you got lucky. Much, that's so much of what success is here is that like. That's where the pressure usually comes there, from. There's no way she and I could have done this by ourselves. So the fact that her mom stepped up to the plate and has done everything she can when you consider that her sister already got married this summer, yeah, it's very much like she's got to be worn out, right? Like, like, like I, I look at my future mother-in-law and, like, honestly, I'm like amazed MVP. by her. I'm, I, I am. I'm like, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around how you guys have like handled all of this. And so many times I've said, eh, yeah, we're ahead of, we're ahead of schedule and we're behind budget. And Megan will just be like, you son of a bitch, because you don't know what's happening right now. You're not paying attention to all these different plates that I'm Idiot. sitting in. And I'm like, no, I got time to sit We're here fine. and watch Monday Night Raw. Fine. Everything's good. Yeah, bye. invite a couple more people. What's the difference? Eh. Who cares? And she's like, no. And she's just done an amazing job of preparing for this, of making this kind of not only what she wants, not only what I want, but like what everyone else wants too, because so many people give you the advice of like, it's your day, do everything you want with it, it's yours. Yeah, but you're taking up all my whole day. Right, you're taking up every guest's whole day, your your parents, your family, this is a very important day to them, this is a big financial investment for all of them, so they have to be a part of it too. And the fact that, you know, Megan has been able to spin all those plates, balance this this high wire act, and not be like a bridezilla psychopath about it. It's just more 
evidence that she's the person I'm supposed to be with. I cannot believe that for like another month, I'm going to have to hear Jen say at dinner, <laughs> let me get this straight. Everywhere we go, somebody wants to meet you. They want to shake your hand. Photos. We get bothered at the mall. All this stuff. You have a radio show, and I'm the fun one for a month. No, no, no. I'm going to hear it for a month. And then after that, my prize is I have to stand next to Keith Kennedy. Dude, if you're like, seriously, like literally after the break, just kick me in the balls and put me at the goddamn fun table, dude. Six nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Something happened yesterday, and it's uh, Fantone's least favorite thing that happens. Okay. Where you are told there's outrage over something, uh-huh. but there's not necessarily as much outrage as you're being told there is. Dude, people know across the board, doesn't matter who you are, anger <clears throat> yields results. And if we get you fired up about something, you're going to click it, you're going to share it, Metrics, you're going to want to be yeah. a part of it, right? And like... That, that manufactured outrage is very real. It really is. And like we as as the end consumer kind of have to learn how to check ourselves of like, wait, is this is this what's actually happening or is this somebody trying to play on my emotions? And I think often it's the latter there. So <clears throat> they want to toy with something else from your childhood now. And this is okay. where people really get up in arms over these things. Right. And I've been guilty of this, okay. you know. Um, but I don't have a love of this product at all, even though I should. It's kind of like I'm a little older for it, maybe, but not so much that I loved things from this year in my childhood. So, like, not necessarily. But Home Alone. With, love that movie. With, love it. I have no great affinity for Home Alone. I'm not. Now, look, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, God, that movie's overrated. It sucks. I'm saying I don't have, like, a big link to it in my ch- I don't remember watching it a ton and loving it. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure I've ever actually seen it all the way through. As a kid, I can <clears throat> guarantee you I could word for word that movie. Wow. R- wore out multiple VHS tapes. It was 1990, and Macaulay Culkin, I believe, what was are like... You six? Well, yes, yeah, so yeah. I'm six, and yeah. Macaulay Culkin's an eight-year-old in that movie, so it there was you are. just perfect right. for me to perfect. like look at it and think, like, that could be me, and oh my Cute gosh, kid, what would I do? Right, and- right, 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 right. It was, it, was, it was that perfect time for me, and I genuinely loved that movie. So they want to make a new version of it, right? and everybody's like, well, you can't. Because now kids have their cell phone and they'll just call their parents. And I'm like, well, it's about not knowing where your kid is. Don't we just make it in a hot car now? And don't we just home alone hot car? But oh I, I, I mean, obviously I'm kidding there. But I don't know why people are getting so hung up on, on the you can't do it now because a kid would have a cell phone. You could date it. It's not like we don't do, like, right? You could set the movie in 1990. You know what I mean? Like, you could set yeah. the movie. You could do that. Yeah. Now, they, they talk about how, you know, and but everybody's really, because Disney's not saying what they're going to do. Like, they're not telling you, like, you know, who's cast, who's not. There's no details on who's doing what. And so people are now are, are, are preemptively getting upset about, like, oh, they're going to woke it. 
And I don't know what you do. I, I don't know what the version of that would be. I mean, uh, the whole thing is that the kid was, you know, his parents had money. They were going on this elaborate vacation, and there was no way to get back because was, it was already in motion. Like, right. So I, I, don't, I don't know what you do, but people are all upset about this. I mean, people had to. Or I'm being told people are upset about it, and I saw like three people going, oh, don't do that. <laughs> um, people are going to have to suspend disbelief in this movie, just like every other movie. Like, A lot of fiction uh, there. Right. Yeah. You, you, you know, back in 19... 1990, where was the answer to, well, you got a phone in your house, why don't you just call the cops? Home Alone found a workaround around that, and they figured it out. Now, was it the most believable thing in the world? No. I mean, like, the cops just basically told the kid to go F himself, but, like, but, they'll, they'll, they'll do something. But here's the thing. You already said why it's all right. You wore out the VHS tapes. Yeah. Not your dad. Yeah. Six-year-old me was like, oh, my God, dude, this is me. You see what I'm saying? And it didn't matter that, like, well, dude, if he really would have done that, that would have killed that guy. It didn't matter because I was seven, so it was very, like, no, the suspension of disbelief isn't hard for kids. I guess if you're looking at this from the perspective of I, as an adult, am going to watch this, but, like, dude, go watch any kid show or any show, really, and you're going to have to say for a minute, like, oh, I I allow there to be some level of like, well, you could just do this. Well, yeah, and the movie could suck too. Like, I I, I was having this conversation on Twitter yesterday with a former uh, columnist for Playboy, Art Tavana, who I really like. He's a conservative I actually really really like, and um, and we'll go back and forth on Twitter a little bit about you know certain things. We we tend to have um, a similar view a lot. And, you know, he was talking about this and he didn't want to see it happen. And he was like, they're going to ruin it. They're going to water it down. And I said to him, I was like, you know where I think a lot of this pushback comes on this? And I don't know how you water down Home Alone. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's a candy movie. Right. But I, but, um, I think where a lot of the pushback happens on this is that what used to happen is somebody was like, oh, that was a good movie. Well, just steal it, change this, change that, change that, and now people won't really notice it's the same movie. We call it something else. We make money. And even then when you did kind of figure it out, you're like, oh, not bad for a copy. But when okay. you, right, you know what I mean? Not bad for theft. But when you actually try to pump lifeblood back into the brand, now what it is is that because what people... It is for the six-year-old. But if you're using the same brand, you are trying to tell the person who was six, you... This is, hey, this thing you love is coming back. And so that's where I feel like when you under-deliver then, that's where yeah. angst and anger comes but this from. But thing, this thing is coming back like... Yeah, but it's not for you. Nobody's saying, "Hey, I'm making the I'm, I'm making the Home Alone movie for a 35 year old man." Like, I wouldn't think so. No, that's not the intention. So what they're doing there is understanding that, like, hey, this is something you're already familiar with, something that you already enjoy. We're not making it for you, but are we trying to make it at least more like palatable to you? Yeah, of course, dude. I want parents to enjoy their kids' movies too. And like, as far as watering down of the brand goes. Home Alone had like seven sequels and they were all garbage and nobody cared then. Nobody got upset about it in 1997 when they were going back to the well for Home Alone 6 with French Stewart in it. Nobody cared. Nobody, Jeez, really? nobody, 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 nobody got there like, oh my gosh, my, my childhood's ruined. No, because in 1997 we could understand, hey, this isn't for me and I don't care. What, how is this? How is as a, as a, as somebody who's an adult in America right now, how is what they do with the new Home Alone franchise on your radar at all, dude? What do you what, you got to have you got to have a lot of time in your day to get upset about that? Well, the hypocrisy I always like look at in these situations when people get mad about this, I'm like, man, 
For a nation so quick to tell me how they have no more Fs to give. I don't give an F. I don't give an F. I don't give a whatever. We give a lot of Fs. That's all we do is give Fs. That's all you do. Who gives a damn what Disney does with Home Alone? What? Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, it is a little true like that. But what we started this conversation with is probably the truth of it. Are people really upset about this? No, dude. Most people probably don't give a damn about this. What happened there is we or is, is is the powers that be understood that hey, if we want attention on this, we've got a 2019 it. We have to make it a point of controversy, and that's where you get these like you know, well, is it going to blah blah blah? Well, guys, no. It's just going to be a kids movie. It's not going to ruin your childhood. It's not going to. It's not going to change the culture. It's not going to. There's nothing's going to happen other than there's going to be another crappy kids movie in the world. So you know, Marcus just wrote in and he goes, you know, it's the actors that made that movie, and I would say, well, pretty much any movie, but like he's saying, I I don't think. It it can be as good without them in it. And I, I don't know. I be, Because there is the... who's the, I don't know who the Joe Pesci is today, but we have somebody. Well, dude, is, is, is it going to be as good as the first? Probably not, but I don't see how that... <laughs> we're talking about Home Alone 7 here not being as good as one. Yeah, okay, but like I just don't understand. I, I don't understand why this became a talking point of like the world. Why everyone's like, oh, don't Home Alone. I, uh, Home Alone Seven is what we're talking about right now. I'm wondering if because of the if how reliant we are on the cell phones and how many fixes they are is is this why I, I don't enjoy as many new products that uh, um movie wise, TV show wise as I used to because it is so difficult to go around the workaround because it is so hard to put the human being in the problem that you can relate to because I'm like, well, dude, I'd. Google it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's of course going to be a little bit of that where it's like if you're not if if the movie is not re- reflecting the realities of the world that we all kind of live in, but still trying to occupy that mm-hmm. world, of course that's going to be a little bit of like, well, why wouldn't you do that? But dude, throughout fiction, how many times do you watch a a movie or a TV show and you think to yourself, don't hold up, you never would have done that, you never would have said that, that never would have happened. We could have solved that problem doing this, and the reason they don't solve those problems or the reason those characters make the terrible decision to go check out that noise in the basement instead of running out of the house is because it's a goddamn movie and we're trying to entertain you I, yeah i mean i watched well, just google it, it it's we're so funny the movie's over i watched rocky four last night as a matter of fact when i was going to bed 1984 i believe that was right? a good one right there i like rocky and IV. uh it made me very happy twitter wasn't around then because you mean at the end of that movie we, did, did, we take three minutes to, to, to play the russian national anthem and then they they, they raise the thing it would have been uh, yeah you're disrespecting america and i mean there we would have found a way to fight about it a that's one of the things i thought the thought last night while watching it b i was looking at the car adrian pulls up to the house in right. and in 1984 you would have given an arm and a leg for it and today i would be like dude look at that thing <laughs> and that, so dude, it just right. so listen to me young people think about what i just said that car was like $100,000 in 1984. You wouldn't want to drive it today. So these things you aspire to own, these possessions, the thing, you, in 10 years, they won't even, it won't even be the thing you want. It's a joke, right? It's, 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 it's so, you know what I mean? I thought about that a little. And my final thought on, on the reboot, you know, a redo culture is, and I'm, I'm almost hesitant to say this out loud because I don't want to like speak it into existence. Growing up in the '80s, there was a there was a filmmaker um, and you know director, writer, and you know producer that whole thing, who made a slew of like banger movies, 
And they're some of the biggest movies of my generation. And I hold them all actually very dear, close to my like entertainment. And um, I started out reading The Man, honestly, in National Lampoon magazine. And that's where I fell in love with him first. And then like he just created art that I just, that I loved. And it just spoke to my generation in the 80s. I'm, of course, speaking of John Hughes. And I am always looking around like, I can't believe. Nobody's been like, well, the guy's dead. Like, like people love those. Let's reboot those. But it's because I realize now that a lot of those guys all just stole, like they did what I said, right? Like a lot of those those new filmmakers, what they did is they just took the John Hughes model and like, and then changes, yeah, changes, yeah, and changes. then they called it, they called it the forty year old virgin, and they called it this, and they called it, you know what I mean? You know, forty or whatever, and you know now you're forty or whatever, and like that's what that guy did. Like that guy just stole all the John Hughes movies and then put them right back out. And I, but see again, but now I like those both though. Now, I like them both more now because of that. Because I got to tell you, dude, if you make a movie called The Breakfast Club, I, there's no way I'll like it. There's literally no way I can walk out of that theater and be like, I like that. I really do view a breakfast, The Breakfast Club to be the perfect 80s movie. There is only one thing in that movie that is like God-honest cringeworthy. And it's when Judd Nelson's getting yelled at and he goes, eat my shorts. It's like, that's the one thing when you watch that movie now, it's like, God, even in 1983 or whatever it was, that was not a good slam. Like, that was a bad piece of writing. Other than that, if you take that one thing out of there, that movie is flawless for when it came out. And so, there, for me, all right, for me, let's be honest. And so, if you put the name... Breakfast Club on a movie screen, there's, you can't make me like it. There's literally nothing. And so I wonder if they're going to start to figure that out and let, like, let's just go back to the theft and they'll be in the theater going, this, you know, seems a little familiar, but I'm, you know, I kind of like it. They're making millions and millions of dollars doing this. So why would they? Hey, we don't have to do any work and we make billions of dollars. I noticed that all of their ideas (laughs) make billions of dollars and mine make absolutely no money. So like, you know what? I think these movie guys might have it figured. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Nearing the end of it now. Teresa's going to get you guys hooked up with a trip out to Las Vegas for the 2019 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Multiple opportunities she'll have for you. Fish at 2 after 3 o'clock. And by the way, when you get there, you get $1,000 spending cash. Ooh, pretty cool. Nice. Pretty smart. Nice. Bribery. I like it. I like it. Browns in action tonight preseason. This yeah. is going to be very, very interesting here. Um, it, it's because um, you're going to see... This is interesting, right? Um, a couple of seasons ago, we went, what, 4-0 in the preseason. Everybody's like, dude, look, they're going to be good, right? If you go out there tonight and you get, I mean, schlacked, and I mean schlacked, let's say it's 50 nothing. I'm still going to walk in tomorrow morning and everybody's going to tell me how it's going to be fine and it's the preseason and it doesn't matter. It is so funny how these performances will shape, especially when you feel as if you have a quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Because, it's, it's like, all you got to not, all you got to not be is incompetent at QB. All you got to be is competent at QB, and now your team can win games, and you feel like there's hope in that. Right. I think Baker Mayfield's way more than competent. He's probably on the higher end of pretty damn good, right? So, like, you know, that's what I'm saying, is I think you can get schlacked tonight, and the fan's still going to be like, oh, do we got a franchise QB? We're good. I mean, I, I am a believer in, like, the preseason doesn't matter in the sense of did you win or lose the game? The, the, How did the, you play it? Well, well the, the first... 
the first series when you play starters is really what you're going to care about. Now, is there a greater point of like, well, you know, the depth of the team gets defined within the preseason and the making of that roster? Yeah, I think there is point to that. But the final score of a preseason game means very little to me. Yeah, How okay. did you perform in that first series in that first quarter when when guys who are going to be, you know, playing these 16 games, how did how did those how did that squad perform? I think that's going to be important. Um living in the world where Starters start tonight. Okay. I don't know if that's fact or not. I don't know if they. The announced. last thing I read, it was like the. We still don't know how much time the starters are going to get on field and stuff. With that being said, I hope that that first series out, it's super aggressive. That Baker's going for OBJ multiple times. Like I want to see that long ball. Give me, give me a shot of what first of play what's out, coming. right? Right, right, dude. Send him down that. No line reason not to, and, and fire that pigskin down there. And I'm also curious to see um, how Miles Garrett does. There was a lot of last year lost weight faster right last year I had a lot of questions about him he performed very well and like I just I'm very interested to see like not only with him losing weight getting faster but him playing under a a defensive coordinator that's not Greg Williams I want to see how that kind of all all comes to be tonight and other than that other than that you know number six to number 13 and what 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 you know miles does I don't I don't I, I'm not looking for too much else to take oh, away. Oh, hey, th- this is interesting. We have a very different reason to watch this game tonight. I believe Baker can hit OBJ on a sideline. I have no problem believing that. I have every a bit of faith in Miles Garrett being able to come off the end and, and go get the other team's quarterback. I don't have. I, I don't need to see any of that. I tonight. I want to see for the first time ever. Does Freddie Kitchens know what to do when it starts to go bad? If it, things start to slip from you. Do you know how to get your arms back around it? Do you have control? Are you the man? Like I've said, it made me nervous that they walked to the end of the hallway and were like, you do it, right? But I also feel like a lot of players around the league, a lot of position coaches around the league are like, nah, dude, Freddie's been knocking around a while. Like, if we're, this isn't like necessarily out of nowhere. The guy's a good coach. And so it's like, okay, that's great. I love hearing it. We, I, I heard a guy who like was in Brown's camp two days ago. A media member said, dude, Freddie's got his arms around camp. This is going to go better than people think. Okay, great. I want to see it in game because that's the only way I can judge it. I'm not, and, and for the record, I know people think I'm a Browns hater. I'm not sitting there tonight on my couch waiting for Freddie to F it up. I'm not. I'm sitting there going, Oh God! Please be wrong, Dan. Please be wrong. I want this. People think. All right, there are people out there who really do think that I want them to be bad, and that my job is made better or easier if they're bad. Now, full disclosure, it's a little true, but my job can be easier and more fun to do if they are good too. It's that middle ground where, you know what I mean? If you're just hovering around, like seven and nine is no good. You know what I mean? I, I, I need, I need you to be better than that or a complete dumpster fire. And then, then there's content in that. If they're just kind of like, eh, if they're meh, if they're just meh, that's where my job gets hard. That's, but really, I don't want them to be bad at all. I, what do I say? This is a football area. Nothing matters in the state of Ohio more than Sundays at one. I've said it a million times. The best thing for me and Fantone is if they're gangbusters, great. 
Because then no matter what happens, guns, this happened, that happened, you're fine. Because you football, yeah, Browns, right? you feel a yep. little bit better. You 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 will be less tense. The the mood of, of Ohio, the mood of Canton, the mood of Maslin will be better because this thing you hold more precious than your goddamn wife, it will be good. How do we stop mass shootings? How do we figure out abortionism? Is racism still a problem? I don't oh, know. The Browns geez, are good. Geez. I don't know. The Browns are good. That's, a, that's a lot to put on Baker's shoulders. <laughs> He's got to carry it that's all. A, that's a lot. Seven. 30 tip off tonight. I will be watching it. Yeah, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how you not. I don't know how you don't. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think they're, I, I, I'm very interested to see how that works out. Dwayne Haskins, too, a little bit. I don't know if they're going to roll him out there tonight for the Redskins, but uh, yeah, I'd be kind of interested to see that, too. Teresa will send you guys out to Las Vegas more than a couple of times. She takes over shortly after 10. Fishhead will be joining you guys around 3 o'clock. He has a few opportunities for you as well. If you missed anything this morning, podcast up shortly before 11 at WRQK.com. Aside from that, done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Enjoy the Browns game tonight.